Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode one of the Multiple Calls podcast. I initially thought it would be best for me to do the first episode solo. It's really important to me that the leaders in our service past and present are acknowledged and given the credit they deserve, from mentoring us in person or from afar to where we are today. Not only have they taught us and led by example, but they've also created lasting resources of their knowledge for us to reference and pass along to the next generation. But the more I thought of the list, the longer it got, and I quickly realized that it would be best for me to compile the who and what I was aware of in one place for everyone to access. You can find it on the Multiple Calls website at multiplecalls.squarespace.com. That being foremost, secondarily, you can also read a short description of who I am and what this podcast is all about. However, even with all that being made available, there are a few people I'd like to thank as we launch into this. For their reinvigorating my purpose and responsibility on the job and inspiring me to jump headlong into this endeavor. Aaron Fields and the entire Nozzle Forward cadre, Mark Von Appen of Fully Involved, Jared Sergey of Trial by Fire, Stephen Tyler of the Refined by Fire podcast, and a special acknowledgement of Zeus, a.k.a. Peter Reed. For many reasons, but in regards to this venture, graciously driving through blizzard conditions for an hour and a half to record episode one with me, waiting patiently as I struggle with many technical issues, and laying down the interview that would quickly be lost to a damn dirty machine and for still having the care and understanding and committing to coming back again for another kick at the can, so episode two it'll be. We adapt and overcome. Well, one of the recruit classes I helped instruct was loving enough to point out a phrase that I used consistently enough to warrant etching it into a glass mug for me. Are we good? Yeah? Okay, moving on. The first surviving conversation that I'm happy to share with you is with Jordan Paris. Jordan has a really interesting background and path to the fire service and is now 20 years into his career. We connected early on with a shared interest in driving the combat challenge. He's been an honor guard member for more than 10 years and is currently commander of that proud and exceptional group. He's embraced his role as a true senior firefighter in our department and it shows through in his continuing deep passion and excitement for the job. We could have talked all day, but I'm sure you'll enjoy the time we had. Thanks for being here. I hope you keep coming back. And now I bring you Jordan Paris. Jordan. Welcome to the podcast. Hey, thank you. Well, I'm happy to be here. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, it was a bit of a drive up for you, and I know when I had Zeus up, uh, he had blizzard conditions as well, so hopefully this isn't the way it is for everybody that's coming. <laughs> hey, we, no worries. I'm, give, a, I'm a northerner at heart, so it was a normal drive for me. Yeah. Just looking out for everyone else. And we'll give Jeff Clayton a warning. He's next. Like, <laughs> yeah. Make sure you got your winters on, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no matter what month it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and I've, I've had some tech issues and this has been a learning experience for me, right? It's like a okay. new, new world, but, uh, we're solidly set up now. So yeah, I'm, I'm happy no, to have is, you here in, in the seat. This is wonderful. Very right professional on. looking. Right on. Yeah. Um, yeah. So start off, tell me, uh, about what you did before. Like, let's talk about what you did before the department and, and then what led you to the department, why you're, why you're in it. Uh, okay. Let's, uh, you want, I'll take it back. I'll, I'll do a timeline maybe of where the passion started from. Um, but I'll keep it Cole's notes a, a little bit because I could go off on when I was a kid stories. But yeah. <laughs> being a military brat, so I grew up on military bases, and my dad um, is a physical training instructor for the military, so a lot of people knew him in that aspect. Uh, I was a kid watching him run the, the boot camps for the military, leading honor guards, uh, ceremonial units, um, and then when we were in... Um, uh, one of the military bases I lived at when I was probably around 10 years old, there was a fire on my street. This is one of those like 
quintessential like okay this sounds good in a resume right. but like when i went to my resume uh when i went to the uh, interviews and i had a document to prove the story that kind of was like okay this guy's no joke <laughs> so i was 10 the fire trucks re- screamed by my house i can see the smoke a block or two away i run over as a kid because this is back when you could let your kids just go free yeah, yeah <laughs> right yeah. go on your bike be back by five yeah uh or when the street lights come on be close enough that we can hear you and call you but right. So I ran around the corner, saw these firefighters ladder a house, second floor, go in and pull somebody out of a smoky, burning building. As a kid, that was like superhero. Like I hadn't seen that before. I'd seen fire trucks sitting in the stations. And as a kid, you know about the firemen and the police officers. And, and, but to see it live and go like without any hesitation, everything rolled out like clockwork. Yet these guys had no clue what they were going into. They didn't know the layout of the house. I remember standing there going, I want to do that. And it was the first time I was pulled away from my other passion, which was being a, a, a fighter pilot, a jet pilot. Sure. Being in the military, you have to understand, I saw a lot of air shows. My dad took me to every air show you could think of. Ones where there were static displays to sit in the jets, yeah. even ones where helicopters were taking us for rides. So my natural growth towards the military was that in the, I want to be a pilot. Yeah. So I groomed my education for that. Until the day I saw this. <laughs> so that created the priority in my life. So as I went through high school, and you know they ask you in grade 11, what do you want to be with your, what do you want to do with your life? Mm. Uh, and I was like, I want to be a fighter pilot on a Royal Military College. I want to go. And my dad was obviously proud. I'm following in the military path. But he's like, do what you want. Like, you've seen how we get, move around the country. Yeah. Uh, living everywhere from Calgary to uh, Goose Bay, Labrador, and all the little spots in between is kind of how I grew up. Uh, I ended up in CFB Borden and saw that event with the firefighters. So that took me on a, a ride of prioritizing fighter pilot, firefighter. And then my backup was phys ed teacher because my dad's fitness instructor. So I thought, right. hey, get it. I could be a phys ed teacher and teach sports because right. that's what I did. So so he was a huge influence. Huge influence. Um, and my, my family was a solid family, like the Cosby family. You know, uh, he's passed now, but um, back in 2000, he was... He passed before 9-11, so the August before. So he didn't ever got to see a world post 9-11, right? Wow. Um, but yeah, so that passion drove me. And when I got to high school, I did chase the jet pilot. But when I got to Royal Military College, I was 6'3". And they said our cutoff height is 6'2". Wow. For the ejection seats. At the time, things may have changed. Sure. But at the time, they said, uh, hmm, yeah, you, you can't be a, an F-18. You could be a commercial pilot, you know, for 747. I'm like... Mm-hmm. No, it's like, it's, it's all or nothing. So I pulled away from that dream and then just started chasing fire like crazy. It's interesting that so we share a lot of things like years on and yeah. And mentality and, and, and we'll, we'll get into combat. Like that's how oh. you and I met. Right. But yeah, I didn't know that about you. And, and I actually, you know, went to school for, um, uh, to be a pilot too, to start oh, off. Like, yeah. That, that was my first, and you know, my dad was in the fire service. Okay. Um, and I had this whole, uh, I don't want to do what he does, right? Like, just like the rebel kind of kid. Right. So I sort of chased that, and then I, fi- I realized, it's a longer story, but I realized it was in my blood. Wow. And it, it's what I'm meant to do. It, so I didn't know we shared that as well. It's it's interesting because the same passion that drove me for the, they became almost equal, and then fire almost started to override it because then I realized that pilots can only do so many things, whereas fire, there's so many facets to fire. There's so many special specialty skills. Sure. There's so much that they do. Uh, so when I got into university and it was basically chasing, I realized, okay, I got to switch gears. I started to chase, well, right away I was already interested in fire, but I didn't really know what to do. And this is back in the 90s 
when you basically join a fire department, a couple of rumors were you had to you had to know somebody or you had to be like crazy fit. Now I'm talking about being up north in the northern part of Ontario. Uh, the rumors were if you want to be a police officer or firefighter, you need to be jacked. Navy like SEAL just, level. yeah, like you, if you can't do 12 chin ups easily, forget about even trying because that's the breaking point of where they'll just say right. you're, you're done. Right. Well, I can't do 12 chin ups. So it was very scary because I was like, I need to start hitting it. I became a gym rat, which right. as you see, my dad being physical fitness, I, he gave us, uh, he was allowed to give us a membership at the base, sure. at the military base. So. I became the biggest gym. Like this is back before CrossFit days, right. <laughs> but I guess it would have been the version of CrossFit fitters. Was, was he giving you guidance on that too, or just access? Yeah, no. Well, access was first. He said, "Nope, this is if this is your dream, then chase it." And he says, "And work out." So I would work out every night from seven to nine, wow. pretty much at the gym when it was quieter. It wasn't too busy at the other times, but my brother and I would go in there. But yeah, he had the disciplines of how to make your body perfect. Like, right. well, he builds military people, so right. he had he definitely. Uh, played a hand in that. So that was really, really good because then I got more confident in the physical structure of the job. Like when the physical fitness test is going to happen, I'm going to rip it out of the water. Right. Like I, I was training at an ability that put me, whatever they said the benchmark was going to be, 40 push-ups, I was training at 60 or 70 right. because I wanted it to look, I wanted them to see that it looked easy to me, sure. right? And if 40 is the pass, I'll do 15 more, yeah. you know, just to yeah. say, in your face. Yeah. Like, so I was hoping that that would carry through when the instructors were watching. Right. Everybody got a pass, but this one guy just ripped it. Like, he did extra. You know, and that's been a, a mentality, I think, um, that uh, I've heard recently through a lot of guys are trying to bring things back to the service, right? About right. Um, minimum standards or ma set maximum expectations. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. So, but that does, that it does create a filter and creates a where maybe you'll see more passion. The filter will catch more of the passionate ones, I think, yeah. if that. They didn't just take it to a passing mark. They took it further and were prepared yeah. to go further. Had the day, they said, by the way, we're changing the, the regiment. It's now 50 push-ups. Sure. Some people would be like, I've only ever done 40. Right. 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 I trained for 60. Go I, make it make it 60. And put weights on my back. Yeah. Like, that's what I mean. That's yeah. the kind of mentality yeah. I went into it. So chasing that, uh, I, I actually started trying out um, to get on departments everywhere. I'm sure most firefighters do. Yeah. Try every city. Like I wasn't... Because I'd moved around Canada, I wasn't. I never felt like I had a home. Interesting. I mean, born in Halifax, Nova Scotia, only by birth, but then moving to to Digby and Yarmouth and and Goose Bay and Calgary and all over the place. You, as a kid, you go, "I'm only going to be here for two years." Yeah. Make the most of it. You saw Canada as your. I home. saw Canada, so it's like I can do this wherever. It's not really going to matter. I'll I'll fit. I'll try to fit in. I'll, right. I'll just blend. Yeah. And uh, so I just said, okay, like everyone, write the tests, pay the money. Back then, it was just, you know, DZ license, CPR, first aid, and, like, grade 12 education. Yeah. Like, I had it made. There was no Texas. There was no right. fire college. Sure. The man minimum, but it was getting through the fitness is where they put the big stress back then. Was The fitness was, like, most people will fail the fitness day. Right. Then they'll do the written, which they can get by, two-hour exam, mm -hmm. um, which is the same kind now. It's still the written exam. And then the interview. So... Prior to my, while waiting to become a firefighter, uh, I was, this one always got me in the interviews was I was a grave digger. Yeah. So working, I noticed that when you wrote me your bio, I'm like, <laughs> that is super interesting. And, and that always, that always created an interesting conversation during interviews, which was a good icebreaker because they would skip past a lot of the information and they would, that would jump out at them. Yeah. And then their natural curiosity as a human was like, well, so did you like bury people? And, right. and, 
What about crematoriums? Like, how do they work? Do they people actually go in with a casket, like a beautiful? So they had all these weird. I'm thinking, am I in an interview for a grave digging, or is this <laughs> is this fire? But I guess it just took a. It's not a job that it started out as a grass. My buddy said, "You want to make six dollars an hour cutting grass when minimum wage was five and a quarter." What do you mean? He says, "Yeah, it's just at a cemetery. You just get on a riding mower and drive around all day." I was like, "That's awesome." Yeah, that led to more and more. Ten years later, running the crematorium running three different cemeteries and doing everything from full graveside funeral services to disinternments, digging people out of their grave when they want to be moved to say Toronto, right. um, all the facets of crematoriums, everything. It was to the point where I was saying I'm underpaid right now. <laughs> this is, everyone would say, how much do you get paid for that? I'm like just minimum wage, yeah, man. Like, yeah. And so that grave digging took me, kept me busy, kept me physical, lots mm -hmm. of digging, lots of hand bombing, getting to know tools. Mm -hmm. um, and I was always thinking, what can I do that will help my, my, um, my resume? Sure. So back then it was, I got, I'll become a scuba diver. Right. Because apparently uh, breathing apparatus and claustrophobia are wrapped into one. If you can scuba dive with a breathing apparatus on and you're underwater, you obviously don't have much claustrophobia and you have the understanding of breathing apparatus and right. having something on your face. Yeah. So that was a big thing on people. They used to look, are you Naui or Patty certified? Did the same, yeah. That was like a good little check yeah. mark uh, for you. Yeah. Trusting uh, your equipment. Trusting your equipment. Knowing how to check equipment. <laughs> yeah, right. big one, right? Yeah. Knowing the limitations of your equipment, you know, where, where you can go and not go, or what do or not yeah. do. Uh, so I did some scuba. I did, uh, I laugh, I did some truck driving. Uh, I worked for a trucking company because Trucks are the firefighters, so sure. I worked for Pro North. Uh, I'll, I'll shout them out. Uh, I had a good experience there, where there was a fire one night while I was working, and I put it out. I just grabbed an extinguisher and put it out, and then I got all kinds of these accolades, and they thought <laughs> I saved the company, and it was ridiculous. I said all I did was I saw some flame against the electrical panel. <sighs> there was a dry cam right there. I went, psh, psh. Yeah. Like, yeah, but you're quick thinking, and da da da, yeah. and but it timed out perfectly because one of my interviews. That was in there, and they're like, it says here recently you put out a fire uh, while at work. And so, truck driving, um, pizza, pizza delivery driving. I did, I worked for Pizza Pizza. I've done clothing retail, I've done all wow. that. But it's just, uh, those were the things I only chose things that would be good on a fire resume. Right. And you probably, people are like, pizza, pizza driving. Think about it. Knowing the streets of the sure. city you live in, yep. there's no greater way to know the side streets. It's one thing to take major arteries to get somewhere, but to get off that main route and go down the side roads to get you there as quickly as possible, they're like, oh, I never thought of that. And I was like, yeah, well, I can deliver pizzas in under 14 minutes all the way across the city on a bad snowy day because I know all the side roads. So, so you probably you probably take something like this for granted because it's just natural in you and maybe you, you don't even realize like that maybe uh, you know your parents instilled it in you, but this work ethic... And then the way to have delayed gratification of a goal and de oh. deconstruct it and then yeah. put the time in. Yeah. My, my, my parents weren't against me having a car, even a motorcycle. And my dad just said, but I'm not buying it for you because you won't look after it. So you can work at the graveyard and work a couple side jobs. And if you can get the money to pay for the course that the government will sign you off on it and you can find yourself a bike, then what, who am I to stop you? You're an 18, 19 year old guy. You, uh, you did the right steps and you paid. Now, getting things that I pay for, it's funny. You really do look after it because the, yeah. the amount of work that went in, the hours that went into that money, you don't want to waste it. And you wouldn't do reckless things with it because you're thinking, I paid for this. Yeah. I don't want to wreck this. 
so yeah, those those brought up sea lessons, I guess you could say, uh, from my parents. They did instill a sense of uh, independence, like uh, doing things for yourself so that you will look after it yourself. Yeah. I remember that going back to school uh, and paying it for myself. <laughs> yeah, and what kind of grades I got yeah. versus when you just you know you're expected to show up. Just yeah, just have a heart, just have a pulse, and it's all looked after. Yeah, when it's your own money, you're 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 shooting A's. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, right. Uh, you yeah. want to go as far as you can. I know a lot of my friends in in that thread uh, would come home in the summer and have summer jobs to pay for the next year of school. Yeah, or at least their parents would say, "We'll match what you make." Sure. So that at least half of it was covered by your own yourself, the yeah. books and whatever. So, so you get scaffolded, right? Like, right. Yeah. yeah. We'll help you stand up, yeah. but and then as you get better, we'll take the scaffold down. Yeah. So yeah, the magical day happened. Uh, so then, so then, how many years was this? Like oh, from the decision to getting on? Like so. Oh, good, good one. So yeah. when I was twenty, that was when I stopped chasing the the jet fi- fighter pilot stuff, yeah. and I was grooming myself for the fire department. And I still had a backup. I went to, I got into Queens. I was, a, I was a jock. I got, I got, I went into Queens University and uh, did a year there. It's highly expensive at the time. I don't come from a rich family, right. so I came back and went to another university in North Bay. And uh, so, anyways, that was for this Plan C. If you remember, I said teaching phys ed. <laughs> so right. I always was like, I need to have Plan Bs. Like I need to know that if this doesn't work, I'm not just euchred yeah so i always was like I'll, I'll go to school and play the old i'll try to get my degree so i can be a phys ed teacher right in the meantime i'm going to just do everything i can for fire yeah and uh yeah so fallback right a fallback so when yeah. i was 20 i said listen if i'm not a firefighter by 25 then that's it and now i don't know where that came from i think it came from the fact that it wasn't like well we hire people at now departments hire at 35 and 40. Right. It right. wasn't that someone told me you can't get on the department. Yeah. It was that I didn't want to give myself this like elaborate window of time. You needed a little pressure. I need pressure. Yeah. And I was like, create the pressure yourself right. so that you will be like, oh, uh, oh crap, there's only two more years. But realistically, like I, I, I'm not going to get on in a year, say. No, no. So give my, me five. Yeah, I was like, yeah. you know what? The first time I do this, this, these tests, it'll literally be reconnaissance. So I went in working my hardest to go. I want to blow it out of the water and I want to get, I only want to do this once. Right. But in the back of my mind, I was like, this really is just reconnaissance because I'll be back to do it better the second time. That's amazing. So what I did was show me the physical and show me this written exam and writing all these different types of written exams all over Ontario. There's psych exams. There's yeah. ones that are like messed up. You're just like, you feel, you come out of it and someone says, how'd you do? I have no clue. <laughs> like I usually had a pretty good, nah, I think I did good. Sure. Some of these exams, I walked out just throwing my hands in the air and going, well, it was an experience. Right. And I'll learn a little bit from that and take it to the next one. So I wasn't against uh, the failure of it sucks because I'm not a guy, I'm competitive being a sports guy. Right. I'm very competitive when it comes to the sports that I play. And if you knew me growing up, you knew it's not something he likes to do is lose. It, it's right. not in his nature. Yeah, but your 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 game you were playing this time was a game to win. It was. Your yeah. win, though, was just set differently. Set, and and yeah. this process, writing a test, that wasn't the win. No, 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 no. Right? No, it was, it was significantly going into something to show and prove to them that you need to hire me. I'm you need to hire me for these reasons or yeah. like I need you to know that I, I'm already a firefighter. Yeah. You just need to hire me. And that and then I wanted to have that attitude going in. And so I got the job up north in a, in a, in a smaller city when I was 24. And mm-hmm. I remember saying, I only got, remember before the phone call from the city, I remember saying to myself, I only have one more year. Now, seriously though, if you think of it, 
Who's this is my own brain. I, right. No one was. T- I could have tried when I was 26, 27, sure. 28. Heck, I'm still. They would say a young guy. Sure. And uh, but I was like, nope. I'm like if it's, if it's not happening before 25. I'm going to have to go back and be a time of phys ed teacher. Nothing against that. No disrespect. My wife's yeah. a teacher. Yeah. But like you had your hierarchy of goals. It was, I, I can't chase this forever. You gave up fighter pilot. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was, a, that was, wow. There's still days I just, yeah. when I see jets and when I just, I just, oh. I think we all have that. It's just like, right. Not that fire is, you know, you know what I mean. Fighter pilots want to be astronauts. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <Right>? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. That's some people short. want to colonize Mars. <laughs> there's always levels. I think there's nothing wrong though with somebody shooting, literally shooting for the stars, shooting for a career that may be almost unattainable because where you fall will then be something that's still is a very small percentage of people that get it. Well, through the process, you'll find out either that's exactly what you're supposed to do. Right. I think or so. you'll find what you're really supposed to do. Exactly. Right. Where you're call, your calling that's, is. And, that, that's what I, like for me, right? I just realized that a couple events happen. I'm like, I what can I do that's this, 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 and this? Right. Oh, it's what dad does. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? No kidding. Where can, I, where can I see leadership in the community? Yeah. Where can I see helping people? Where yeah. can I see my physical fitness sure. pay off? Yeah. Where, and you're like, well, oh, firefighting. Yeah. So for me, um, and it's funny because, you know, was there, people may say to me, was there ever a time where you thought about police? And I was like, no, it was always fire. Mm-hmm. I said, and I think it was from that incident when I was a little kid watching those guys go in that house. Right. So I went to school after that just to, just to go back a bit. And I drew a picture of that event wow. with crayons, yeah. which I still have to this day. Come on. And, That's great. And I won a competition. So, you know, the fire life safety back then was right. fire prevention. Sure. They chose my art piece as the winner, wow. and I got to go to a hall and get an, uh, a tour, and they gave me this little award, those certificates back right. in the day, right? Yeah. So that's what's in my interview resume wow, package, yeah, yeah. and they're turning my, as they turn, what's this? I'm like, oh, it's just an award I won when I you was should 10. should have put the picture in there, too. Well, there's a picture of the picture, oh, me fantastic. holding the paint, the, the, oh, the coloring right. with the little certificate. They're like, is this for real? I'm like, yeah. So it did start early in my life, yeah, the you love. Had, you really had this idyllic... I said, like, I'm, I'm after school movie kind of. I'm not joking. I said, I'm going to yeah. tell you a story, and the proof is on page eight. Right. And they're like, what? I said, Don't turn there yet. I said, when I was young, this calling called to me. I said, and there's the proof. I right. go, I'm not even joking. Right. <laughs> so, yeah, it's been in my, and it was interesting is my family uh, has military background, but there's nobody in my family that was firefighter. Like, on, I'm talking my mom and my dad's side. There's, right now, there's myself, and there's two cousins on my dad's side that are RCMP. Mm-hmm. And we're the only emergency service kids in the family, mm-hmm. which is very interesting because for me, that was uh, built my confidence up that I made it into a career that wasn't backed by heaped with ancestors of of, of, yes. of a pedigree that, you know, oh, it's, yes. it's in your destiny because your whole family did it. Yes. So blah, blah, blah. Right. It's like, no, I actually got into a career that nobody has treaded down that road yet. So like a trailblazer, right? Yeah. Kind of like that oh. resonates with me because uh, you know when I started trying, I, I didn't want any help from from oh, my dad whatsoever, right? right? Because when I got the job, I wanted to make sure I got the job. Yes, and yes. and you wouldn't. And knowing a bit about the fire service, I didn't want that following me in there. No. Oh, you're here because of that's and I and I I got mad one day when the chief said. Oh, I've golfed with your father. I know everyone knows Gus. I, and right. I was like, ah. I was like, damn it! <laughs> yeah. Don't tell me that my resume had anything to do with the fact that you knew my father, right. who works on base and looks after right. the fitness. Like, well, ah. because because the delayed gratification is almost stolen from you, right? Right. Here, you put all this thought and effort in. Yes. And, and that would have just got you on. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. I could have just dropped Gus. So that so 20, and rolled in here. Yeah, yeah. 
24 years of age. I'm starting my career uh, in the smaller northern city full-time, not volunteer. They had no composite. It was full-time, three stations. And uh, there was no training um, There was no training uh, division. So there was no 12-week, four-week, one-week. It was you show up on your first day with your shirt and tie and your gym bag, and you say, hi, I'm the rookie, Jordan Paris. Right. Uh, what do you want me to do? And they're like, okay, well, so-and-so will show you around to your, your locker and we'll get you going and we're just having, you know, and it was and like- And you were on a truck And I was day? literally on a truck and I was like, I don't, wow. like, I'm coming from Joe, Joe Schmo Civic Civilian. Yes. So just so you guys know, like, I'm not coming from another department. Like, I don't right. know, I don't know anything. Yeah, yeah. Don't worry, don't worry. You'll learn as you go. We'll train you and we'll show you things. So when I cut to meeting my wife up, up and up where I lived in North Bay, up there, and then coming- so she she's a city girl, she's from the GTA. So when she's like, I'm only here for education for school, and I'm going back. Mm-hmm. Well, we fell in love, and then it was like this geography was like a big doesn't work doesn't it, it, it's tough if anyone's yeah. had a long distance relationship. Sure. So <clears throat> I said, okay, well, I'm early enough in my career, maybe I'll I'll try to get on down in the GTA, down in the Southern Belt somewhere, because sure. that'll be better for us. Yeah. But I'm not giving this career up. Right. And she knew that. She was like, yeah, no, I get it. This is yeah. so hard to get into. Like, right. There was a 1,000 applicants, and they only hire like three or four. My class up there in in, uh, in 97 was a class of nine. And to them, huge news in the newspaper. The biggest class they've right. ever hired is nine. And <laughs> I laugh now when, when where I am now full-time in big cities, they do 30 and 40. And, sure. Right? So nine was huge. And... Uh, and it, to be on that list was just, yeah. you'd already felt like glory days, but you still didn't know if you had a job. So while she was finishing school, I was trying out in the GTA. Mm-hmm. Again, testing myself physically, mentally, but I'm already doing the job. So it was frustrating that I have to try to do a job. I have to try out for a job yeah, that you I'm to go already, through the same process again. That I'm already doing. Right. And it was interesting, but that put more confidence in the tests because I was like, I'm relaxed because it's like tomorrow I'll be on the fire truck. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Like I'm going to write yeah. this exam and do your physical and all this, but I'm. It's not the end of the world. I I'm, found that when I went back to become a medic, right? I've got a career. You're, yeah. I want to do this on, on top of that, so I was much more relaxed about yes. it, right? But yes. still working hard. Yes. Yes. And also because you know how to work hard, you know it. You will succeed because you've done it before. You've, yes. So you've got a template, right? You, oh, having that template and having the the walking into an exam, seeing other people sweating the way I used to. Right. And I was just, they're like, why are you so calm? I'm like, hey, I've done this. I've passed this. Right. Now I'm just doing it again to move my position yeah. geography. What's what's the saying about um, about us? You know, if we, we roll around, we should be expecting fire and, and victims, right? Like garbage men don't get excited when they come around the corner and see garbage. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. Like you yeah. should expect your job yes. and be calm. Very much right? so. And, and then the competence builds yeah. confidence too, right? So you, you felt competent, so you felt confident. Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Uh, while my time up, up in that northern city, I did jump into combat challenge. Yeah. And that's where uh, you and that's, and I where I, that's where we met. That's right. Uh, oddly enough, a small town boy meeting the big city guy at a big competition. <laughs> I, grew up, I grew up small town too, though. So, so. it's interesting how our I, I laugh at that engagement because you, your team at the time with the combat challenge was the best. When you showed up, everyone knew the red outfits. Oh crap! Well, there's the team number one to beat. Right. Um, and we were just kind of getting into it. We'd been. I, I think I did it for almost five years, and three of those years I went to the worlds. But one of them was in was in Vegas, and I yeah. think we met. And but your team and our team gelled quickly because we had no problem kind of throwing out the uh, 
the verbal like the banter and digs. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and people were saying, "Do you know who you're talking to?" That that is <laughs> that is that the best team. Like, and here I had just started them. running with them, and I'm, I'm riding coattails basically, <laughs> yeah. right? Like, and, who am I? And right? yeah. I remember being on yeah. a stage on a warm up bike next to the fastest guy in the world at yeah. the time, yeah, who was yeah. with Brampton, and yeah. I remember saying, uh, "I don't know who I didn't know who he was." Right. So it's kind of like when you, if you've ever been in a situation where you don't know who the chief is or the lead, and you end up just talking very candidly. Sure. Thank God. I was in the right place and I wasn't putting anybody down or insulting. <laughs> Everything went very nice. And then someone, but you're not that kind of guy, anymore, but I'm not so. that. So right. The default doesn't Being yourself. work that way. Be yourself all the time. He, this person left and, and uh, <clears throat> another person come over and said, you know who you were just like talking to? I said, no, I have no clue. Just some guy warming up. That's not some guy, you know? Right. So in this world, that's in, the guy in yeah. this world, yeah, yeah. dude, like that's like the Michael Jordan right now <laughs> of this world. I was like, Oh, I didn't even know. Right. So, um, that the, Doing the combat challenge was also good to keep me fit, not for the job, but also yeah. for the tryouts I was doing down in the GTA. Sure. So it worked hand in hand. It was a great way to, to travel right. and meet and be with the the team that I was on. Um, I did some different work. I did some arson prevention for kids. So giving, I wasn't just punching the tab at work and going, I'm a firefighter, click, and I click out at five. I've done my job. Yeah. I was like, when I got in, within a year and a half, I was like, what else can I do in this job yeah. to help the community? You need goals. It's just, I need, I need, again, I needed something to sure. eat. To, to, I was thirsty. Yeah. Why? Am, I should be fine. I got my paycheck. I got the dream job. Feed up. Why am I thirsty? I'm like, yeah. no, I still need something to do. Yeah. So I think when that helped too, when I was in interviews in the South was, what have you done since being on your career? See, because they look at you and go, well, you're a, you're a professional. Right. Full time. But what have you done in the last four years other than show up and punch the clock? They should do that when they uh, make up captains. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> right? What have you done in the last eight years or whatever? You know, anything extra? Um, so to be a training officer on our job, you have to do an interview. Right. Right? You have to submit a resume and do an interview. Okay. Right? And yeah, then the yeah. most important job in the fire service, which yeah. is that, that linchpin, the captain. Yes. It's a written test. We could go on about that. Could, Let's, uh, I, I just want to. I just want to drop that in the room. Just acknowledge that it's <laughs> interesting that you know you. Then you're brought in. You're you're already doing the job, and they still they hold your feet to the fire a little bit. Like what have you done since, right? Yeah. So yeah, and you already had it in your mind. So you're again you're prepared. But yeah, whether it's committees, charity work, yeah. something. What like, have you done since? Because that's, that's good, what you're you're actually saying when you're getting the job. They say, are you willing to do charity work? Are you willing to? Well, uh, the the firefighters and fire departments are known in their communities for big. Uh, Big people who give charity donation work, yeah. and charity work like that's been a tradition. Yeah, and we'll get there. That that needs yeah. to be passed on, and it's like so. You're like, oh yeah, absolutely. I'll give up a Sunday and go hold a boot, or you know. And a lot of it's said, but then do the actions follow once they get once you mm -hmm. get on the floor, mm -hmm. or is it a spike? The first year and a half, you're still paying off that tribute to what you said, but then all of a sudden it just fades and just sure. tapers to the point where why do we see the same? six people at yeah. the magic show or sure. the same six people holding the boot every year is the same people. Yeah. There's X amount of hundreds of firefighters, but right. how can we get that back? And there, and there's a balance of, you can't have a, a foot in everything. No. So no. you at least, but at least choose a few things and, and make them your thing. Right. And I think, yeah. especially in a larger department, there's a lot to go around oh, Yeah. and a lot of people to fill roles. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So exactly. step up and yeah, absolutely. choose something. Right. Um, yeah. Right on. So, um, you know, listening to you, your upbringing, um, you were definitely adaptable. Yeah. Um, and you and you had um, 
you know, a knowledge of a sort of a sense of hierarchy yeah. of, of your place in a yeah. moment, uh, but also pride and self-esteem in yourself. Um, so how did that translate? Well, like bring me back to the first couple years on the first department and even now, and then in the first couple of years under your next department, yeah. the settling in process, right? So you did you adapt very easily because of your military background, because you're an adaptable uh, guy? Like how did that of, yeah. go? Some of the some of the traits of knowing from my father, uh, knowing how the chain of command works, knowing where to put the respect. But an interesting thing on that is that you would think some people would say, well, this is a group of people and above this group is a, is a leader and he's called a lieutenant or a captain. Mm -hmm. And then you have above him, he answers to somebody. So you pay your respects to these certain individuals wearing these different sure. insignias, whether it's stripes or stars or whatever. Just because. But my dad said to me, no, 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 no. So I used to watch him go up to the base and the janitors treated him with the same respect as the base commander. And I was like, very interesting to know that the way he handled himself with the lowest person. Or what's perceived as. What's yes. perceived as in a non-ranking, sure. maybe even a civilian working sure. on a military base. Yeah. He doesn't have to be courteous, nice, or nothing to this person. He doesn't. Ha he, he could not give him the time of day. Right. Walk right by him and then salute the general and then shake hands with a cat. With a, right. you know. But he would give the same amount of respect because... He just, that's the way he was. And then what I saw was later when a time where he forgot his keys and we wanted to get in to get to the office and I wanted to work out, he's like, and the janitor said, hey, and, and I'll go back to my house and get the keys and it's a 10 minute drive if you can wait. But why is he doing all this extra stuff for right. him? But it was because of the relationship that had been built and how the respect was given. Sure. And he's like, you're one of the only guys that even talks to me. <laughs> I was like, wow. So I learned very quickly in the fire service, I was treating like the lowest man on the totem pole like he was a captain, you know, because it was like respect. Well, is he respect. has he has no stripes, but I respect is respect. Right. And I always give everybody a hundred percent and it's up to you to 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 to, to keep it. Yeah. So it's different. Some people will say you have to earn it. You know, I'll watch you, I'll be your friend, and you'll earn the respect. No, no. The way I start our friendship is I go, Scott, you have a hundred percent of, of my me. respect and loyalty. Yeah. But you're going to do things or you may do things that's going to go down to 90, then right. 80, then 70. And I'll be able to say to you, I'm not your friend anymore because of the following reasons. Because I gave you 100% at the beginning. Right. And all you have to do is keep it. Yeah, the way I, the way I see it, it is that there's a line between us and we each give 50-50. But I give 100% is right. my 50. It's my 50. And 100% is your 50. Yeah. Yeah. And it's up to you to lose it, not gain it. Yeah, and then through experience in life, it, you can go to 80-20, 70-30, it, 60-40. It, it flows, right? You know where people sit based on their yeah. their actions, their loyalty, right. what they've said, what they've did. Uh, so, so looking at when I went into the sm first two years of my life there, I was just ultimately respectful for everybody, treated everybody. I was very, the etiquette, and that was all built in, like being polite. Mm -hmm. um, and then just being accepting to, don't be afraid to start something that you haven't been told to start. Because certain things that you can start in those kinds of atmospheres in a fire department is, do you really think somebody's going to get angry with you if you uh, mop the lobby where people come in, you weren't, oh, that's floor day. No, 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 no. But if it's full of salt and debris and yeah. crap and someone says, where's the rookie? And they say, oh, he's down mopping the front lobby and shaking out the mats. Do you really think that's something that people are going to say, how dare he? And you get him up here. I'm writing him up. Right. So I found ways of doing things that I didn't need to be told. But then they would say, okay, stop what you're doing. 
we're going to actually go and show you something. But knowing you, I think that also came from, you know, see a problem, fix a problem. Oh, yeah. Not like, well, I'm going to, you have this thought, I'm going to mop the floor. Right. Someone's going to see me. I'm doing this for respect. It's like, yeah. it's a dirty floor. Yeah. It, it, this is my house. This is where we live. I'm going to mop it. This is where like, we live. It's his work ethic. To right? this day, I think uh, once a, a recruit came in and said, what are you doing? And I was, I was deconning the office with like the bacterial wipes. Right. It's just because it's flu season, it's cold season, right. and it's not on any agenda, but sure is re- appreciated by everybody when you come in and the mouse actually is back to the normal color that it's supposed <laughs> to be, and, you know, and the yeah. keyboards are not, not full of gunk, and, yeah. and it's like, well, someone did some cleaning in here, but it's just, yeah. it's just me. It's just kind of like, well, I don't need to be told that. And I think that carried off with at home, um, my dad giving my brother and I jobs, do things without having to be told, but I'll let you know where you're where to slow down and where to pick up. Right. So I tried that up there. And so and coming from a new department, uh, sorry, a department onto a new department, <laughs> uh, you've got a, uh, you know, quite a bit of life experience at that point. Yeah. Um, you've worked very hard to get there. You've got a, you've got a, a, a significant resume behind you. I've had this thought recently and I think it came from teaching recruiting. You know, you, you're in their world getting to know them, mm-hmm. right? <clears throat> that we, we tend to see brand new people to the department as these clean blank slates that have nothing to bring and we're going to teach them everything about life right right we you're almost treated like a child in in a sense right yeah. and i think we need to treat them in a way where you treat people like you said like when you meet them is that i'm going to give you the respect up front i want to know about where you came from and what you did i want Absolutely. to use that because you bring something to the team right so yeah. Did you did you get a bit of that when you came into the department? Like you had to sort of like put aside the fact yeah, that you've already been doing the job for a few years, and they're treating you like you've yeah. Because in two thousand two, I cut to two thousand two. Five years later, I get hired on another professional department in the big city, and my first thing is don't tell anybody where you've come from because you know it's not you don't ever want to say well this is how we did it up north. This is how I did it before. This is I wanted to be a blank slate, but I wanted to have but see. You you can be a blank slate all you want. Your skills and actions will show people that you know more than what you're letting off to be. Like so, when the first time you catch a hydrant and I do it perfect, yeah. it, without being okay, wait, this guy just did it perfect. He if must, the person is cued in to notice that, right, right, right. like I think you got to be tuned hmm. into getting uh, getting to know people. Yes, and you pay attention to them, right? If you're not keen on getting to know them, and you're the you're the senior guy, and you walk and you just treat them all like they're under your foot, yeah. you're not going to notice stuff because you really don't yeah. care. And I think back in the day, let's say in the 90s, 80s, I think you did get people that came off the street like me with no fire background, no pre-service, no volunteerism, nothing. Literally, I call them like Joe Public. You're a civilian that wants, and we don't hire that anymore. Right. We're hiring people with resumes that are hugely built into years of either volunteer colleges fire colleges they're getting their nfpa standards signed there's a knowledge base before they've even started right they already know how to pick up a ladder and put it on a, like they've done it hundreds of right. time at the college but i will temper that with i do find well you did well you did ladders for five weeks in your in your college yeah. course and you don't know how to throw ladders like yeah i've seen that too yes so yes. even though they've done it sometimes there it's a tick box it's and, a, yes. and have <laughs> they put in the work to maintain it right or exactly. when that was five years ago right so keeping it up so i find there's a balance of both but at least yeah. you, you you give them the assumption that you do know it once you show you don't right then you can be surprised that they don't because they should yeah 
and then you show them, right? And I, I still say uh, in my teachings with uh, with the recruits right now and, and being with the Honor Guard, and we get a chance to go in and speak with them about tradition, about the fire service. And I still tell them, in a lot of the older generation's minds, we look at the recruits. I, like You're not a, a true... You're getting paid by the city of, of whatever you are, yes, firefighting, yes. but you're not a firefighter yet. Right. Don't think that because you have a uniform like me that you're now just crack your knuckles and sit back on a chair right. with your feet up. I go... Technically, the old school way of thinking, you can correct me if I'm wrong, mm-hmm. you're in probationary status until you're first class. And that comes with a big heap of, of responsibility. You're being watched for the first right. three and a half years of your career. Don't mess up. Stay sharp. Keep your mouth shut. Your ears open. You right. know, um, when pay your you, dues. When did you feel comfortable? Not not complacent. When did you feel, like, what year on? Can you can you nail that down for me? For me, it was around 10 years. I started to feel not not... I use comfortable as in like I you, okay. you kind of yeah. let off yourself a little bit. You and you and you, you're, I would say you have co- a confident, not comfortable, yes. confident. Mine comfortable would, is the wrong word. Yeah, I know. I know what you're saying because you, you go into it. What's the definition of that? Because there's many definitions right. of that. I'm trying to find the right word for that. Uh, okay, so I got on in 2002, first class. I would say yeah, between and only because of my five years yes. prior. Yes. Because there were situations where at my five-year mark or right after my first class exam, let's, I would say between, between seven and 10 years was where I started to find that mode of, uh, of, um, Confidence. confidence. I would just say confidence. confidence. I think confidence is the right word. Like I'm right? showing up and, and I'm not like not arrogant, jittery and right? staying up and yeah. panicking, quizzing myself all the way to work and quizzing right. myself all day. Like being more like, I, it'll be okay when that call comes right. in. I'll, I'll know how to figure it out. I like to say like confidence is, is not arrogance. No. And no. humility isn't self-deprecation. No. Because most confident people are still the first people to say, Oh, you guys are going off to just do a little bit of training on SCBA. I'll just come out and watch. They'll grab their coffee and come out and watch. Well, mm-hmm. if he's so confident and he's so this and that, why is he still watching? Because he still picks up something or two sure. from somebody's different. Well, this is how he stays confident. This is how he. <laughs> well, it's true, right? right? That's why I say, and then uh, putting a recruit into a station is actually the greatest thing for the whole station. Sure. Because they all have to nurture that person and meet the standards, but pick their brain to see what they know. I was and telling them that their recruit class is thirty years long. <laughs> yeah. That is a great statement. No, but it should be. You talk to some of the great ones that have that have retired, and they'll say, "I was learning right up until the last day." Yeah. Just, I just thought of a guy that just retired uh, last year mm-hmm. out of my station, and he was still mopping floors as a captain on his last day of yeah. work. So, yeah. like, what's that tell you? He's doing his job. He never thought he was done, or like, mm-hmm. you know, finished learning, or I, I was below me. He's getting paid that day. Yeah, yeah. I would say, yeah, I'd say seven years because seven was also plus the five. Yep. So maybe only slightly behind you, but because first class was just, I felt like the eye of of God was no longer going to be on me because <laughs> it would shift to the next person. Mm-hmm. And I felt like I'd paid my dues. I'm first class now, plus five years I've had. Sure. I've seen more, sometimes more house fires than some of the guys with me. Uh, they're like, how many fires did you go to? And I was like, many. And they're like, I've only been to two. And I'm like, well, brother, I've been to many. Well, this is it too. When I say ten years, I, you know, we we very much get focused sometimes on years of experience. When it's yes. experience in the years, I mean, like I felt like I had had enough things happen to me in yeah. that, and it could have oh. been, it could have taken me fifteen or seventeen, <laughs> or could have taken me three. Yes. Oh, when yes. did I feel enough had happened to me? Where now, when I see that again, I know I'm going to be okay. There's a level of uh, where there's no word spoken. You can look at firefighters around the world, and you know 
you're talking to someone who's seen a horrific car accident. Sure. They've seen their shares of VSAs, both child and adult. Mm-hmm. They've they've been involved in some kind of incident where there was a, oh, that was close. Right. Whether it was to themselves or their team, whether it was a close call with a hazmat incident or a close call with a falling through a floor. So uh, I was watching something the other day and uh, and the person said, I can see it in his eyes. Oh, it was um, it was that it was a movie Twelve Strong. Oh yeah, I've and seen that, yeah. and he says he says he the leader walked up and said hi, I'm the captain of this crew. Da da da. And he looked over at the other guy behind him and started talking to him like he's the leader. Right. He goes, why do you keep looking at him? I'm the leader. And he says, later in the movie, he sits them in the room. He goes, you see his eyes? That's somebody who's done some stuff. Right. I won't say what he said, but I want to ruin the yeah, movie. Yeah, yeah. And then he goes, see his eyes? He's done some stuff. Right. Your eyes, you haven't done anything Interesting. Yet. And I don't know what that is, but there's you can tell when you're talking to people. I've talked to many departments around the world in, in my travels of doing different funerals and whatnot. And you can tell, see, you can tell if he's, I've only been on six months, but you've already ran some stuff. Right. And there's a difference between what have you seen and what have you done yes. when you saw it. Yes. <laughs> yes. Right. There is a big difference. Bystanders with their phones up are seeing some stuff. Sure. Certainly. But, but what do, what have you done? What have you done with what that scenario? You, you were at that fire. Right. You were at that. Were you accident. staged on the road or yeah. were you involved taking a line in? <laughs> what? Couldn't yeah. see your, your partner right. in front of you. Right. You know, you, I think there's that that's the uh, analysis of people you get when they're talking to how you see them in their eyes. And it, it, that's experience that you're talking about. That 10 year You've like I remember saying uh, they said, "Oh, have you had anybody who's passed or died in your presence?" And I said, "Well, there's been some car accidents mm-hmm. where mm-hmm. Uh, that happened." And yeah. I said, "But not uh, up up in the northern departments, um, we weren't tiered response." Yes, and there was no defibrillators. Mm. So coming to the bigger city, and they're like, "Oh, by the way, we run 80, 70 percent medical calls." Yeah. And I was like, "Well, I don't want to be a paramedic. I want to be a fire guy." Yeah. And they're like, "Well, get used to it." Yeah, four hundred fifty four VSAs, and we hook up for one hundred twenty seven of them. Right. Yeah. So by the way you're going to become like a medical guy, right? whether you like it or not. And right. I was like, that was actually, I would rather go into a screaming basement fire than, than in my, early in my career sure. than go into a med call where someone's VSA. That's an interesting point that you're making like, right there, but when we ask about confidence and, and it doesn't all happen at once. Oh God, no. Right? No. So common conversation with rookies uh, in, in my experience and hearing still to this day is the counting of those kinds of calls. Hey, I had my second VSA the other day, right. and I and I always go. Well, I wonder when you're going to stop counting. Right. Well, when did you stop counting? I go. You'll, I don't know. You'll know. <laughs> you'll know. You will count for a bit. You'll sure. say I had five. I've had a bad act. Oh, I had a really bad accident right. uh, where there was a lot of the helicopter orange came, mm-hmm. and then there'll be. And then the next shift, I had a VSA, and but you know we didn't do. We just assisted the end. And there's this sense of you're gathering your experiences to a point where then there's no need to talk about it anymore. Are we it, doing that? Uh, are, are you doing that as a, as a rookie for yourself, for your own tally? Or are you doing it because we put that on them? Like we, they know that they have to, or they have this, they have this feeling that they have to get experience to be respected. They want respect. There you go. Right. It's not it, again. So we put it on them. That's not a textbook thing. That's, that's right. a thing in the fire service. I think that we put on them that, Rightly or wrongly, I'm just—I'm not saying it's right or wrong. No. I'm just trying to tease out what that intangible is, right, buddy, uh, brother? I felt like I wasn't. Wh- <laughs> this is a really weird statement, but I see how it comes out. So I was five years full time. We can edit it. It's five fine. years full time firefighting, but it wasn't until I had 
some VSAs, some bad accidents, some mm. until I felt like I was part of the actual brotherhood, brotherhood. sisterhood, the family of firefighters. Like, I had the eyes. I didn't feel that, even though I'd come from many fire experiences. Mm-hmm. I was like, these guys aren't going to accept me. On t-. and it was really weird. It's like to this day, you'll always remember your first something, your first fire, your first. Sure. I can remember my first, first v- my first VSA. Yeah, this will go down. Uh, I remember the first VSA, and I remember the feelings afterwards. And I remember one of the feelings being as I pulled my gloves off and there was blood and sure. whatnot. And I remember saying, looking over at my partner and going, in my own, my own mind, I think I've gained some respect today from them, from the real guys. Yeah. It's weird. I always look, these are the guys that are doing it. It's like you're a ride along for like a Navy SEAL program, yeah. and you're in the back of a Humvee going, I'm not a Navy SEAL yet. I'm dressed like one. Mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm holding a gun like one. But those guys are the real deal. And if I could get them to look at me the way they look at each other, oh, I feel like I've made it. Well, if you go like eight weeks without a call, that would never happen in the big city. But if you did, mm-hmm. you wouldn't feel like one of them yet. Right. You'd feel like the ride along who is trying to become one. When you start doing things with them, that you, you start to merge into the world and all yeah. of a sudden there's this, you, now you're part of the family. And do you I don't think know where moment, it comes from. Do you think you, um, it's even more so that you all of a sudden respected yourself doing yes. what you're doing? Yes. The, the training, the practicing, it, we did what we could with what we had. Right. We didn't create the problem. We're mm-hmm. there to fix it and do the best we can. How it ends up is not up to us. Mm-hmm. It can be if we do our training, you know, you don't want to make mistakes. Right. But it felt like, we did everything we could perfectly. Captain was happy. The doctor was happy with that situation. Or if it was the chief happy with a fire that didn't spread. Like, you, yeah, we lost one unit, but you saved four. Right. It, you felt like, yes, this is awesome. Because right. right. let me put it to you this way. So you get on as, as who you are. Um, and you get with a crew that no matter what you do for no matter how many years, they would never give you any respect. Hmm. Right? So... Do we wait for that to come from them as, as our measure? Well, I, I, I consider what I've learned recently, and in, in, <laughs> we learn a lot of things as we go, is hinging on other people. Yeah. And if I'm hinging on other people, then my whole mentality is, de- is dependent on what they do. So if you say something bad about me, I feel bad. If you say something good about me, I feel good. Right. Whereas shouldn't I just, and you had it, right? You had the, you knew you should have respected yourself all the way along. Well, yeah. So, so regardless of what anybody else says, you, you, you know, I would just speak right. to saying a rookie coming on. Say they're in a, a department or a crew, or there's somebody on that department on, on that crew that they they want to like them, and uh, they can really make themselves miserable, right? They where could, they where could. you could just look at yourself with acknowledgement, and I respect myself, right, right, and I and I, I have confidence in this, and I know I have the best intentions, like, and that's tough when you got to do that for yourself. We're not being taught that or given that. So I just want to give you that. Like, what do you think about that? Well, what I think is that, yes, you can give it to your, you have to be able to give it to yourself for look in that mirror and say, you got to be proud of who you've become. Mm -hmm. Because it is a small percentage of the world in every city that becomes fire, police, ambulance, military. You're a part of a very small percentage. So giving yourself at least that to chew on. Secondly, if you're not running the calls that you think are going to make you more in with the crew, with the right. department, then place the onus on yourself to become better at all the small stuff. 
be the person that knows exactly where in the filing cabinet where something that guys are always looking for. Right. Be the person with the answers around the station. Where's the mop handles kept? Just be good at all that stuff because that also plays into, yeah, you're getting respect. Even though you, you'll actually hear senior people say, I know you haven't had your big call yet. You know, you're kind of a white cloud. You haven't had a big fire. You haven't had a VSA yet. But don't worry you're doing a good job the yeah. guys are respecting you right. and why is that you show up on time because you care because right. you're 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 not because the worst thing you can do is see someone with zero experience that they're looking for and then see them in a complacent mode where it, like like our phrase the 220 right where they think they've made it yes and they are dressed like us in the mm-hmm. seat beside us mm-hmm. so therefore they can be doing the same kind of nonchalant thing that they're, you're just sitting there going, how in God's name now is this person yes. so calm and so unaffected by anything? Right. Is it because they are that great? They came. I'm thinking they must have come from a, another department right. where they were 15-year full-time person. They just haven't told anybody. Right. And if your answer is no to that, I'm scared. Right. How are you sitting so calmly? So I think what we're looking for here is like is to find that sweet spot right between yeah. that. Right, and then being um, too hard on yourself, yes. where because guys like you know guys like us, you can you can. I, I was saying this to a, to someone I was mentoring recently about um, you know when when are you gonna when are you gonna feel the self respect? When are you gonna yeah. feel the self esteem? Like you're gonna keep moving the bar, yeah, yeah. I, I, the bar of self confidence and self esteem. Yeah. Not 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 again. Not complacency. Always striving. Always learning. Yeah, but. At some point, you got to be just give, be good to yourself, right? Yes. Like, and we, you could constantly be in that state of like, I'm never good enough. And you're right; it's a sweet. And that affects your performance when you uh, don't feel good enough. Oh, then you're just going to be more the sidelines person who would rather keep walking back to the truck to find a tool, and not be some, really part of the auto yeah. extrication. At some point, you got to just I can get in there and I get in there. Yeah. And so when does that happen, right? And sometimes yeah. you'll hear them say, um, uh, "They don't know; they, they can't don't give even, you an answer." Right. And you said the sweet spot is because then we get the we get the new recruits. And the firefighters with with years of that go the other way, and they have way too much confidence and way too much know it all. You know right. the, the know it all guy. Sure. Where you're saying, I appreciate your passion. Yeah. I appreciate your um, your attempt at becoming sure. really part of stuff, but you do need to gauge back a bit and just l- still in right. in a learning. That was big for me because there is fire departments that hire other firefighters. You're getting people that are well experienced, mm-hmm. but you're getting a different. I don't even want to call them habits. You're getting different skills. Mm-hmm. The habit of how you carry a ladder up north or catch a hydrant might be different than the big city, but it doesn't mean the job doesn't get done. It just means it's a different way of doing it right. that you're used to, which we then call, well, that's a bad habit. It's not a bad habit because it works up there. Right. And no one called me and said, you have a bad habit of catching hydrants. The way you work an auto extrication scene, it's a really bad way. And when you go somewhere else, they're going to say this is a bad habit. Like that's not the way it is, but it's yeah. only because you have to adapt quickly to your new surrounding, your new department, and cannot forget where you came from. Right. See, and I, I, that's what I think sometimes the rookies get like told kind of, not told, but maybe they just feel like they need to like wash away everything and clean slate. Yeah. Well, you only have a clean slate if you don't know anything about anything. And just because your department's done that this way for 20 years doesn't mean it's the right thing to do. No, absolutely not. <laughs> no, and, and okay, if that was the case, we'd still have horses. Sure. Right? Sure. If someone's got to go feed the horses. Why? Well, because we're not going to progress because what's the point of having wheels and yeah. trucks? Yeah. And the same with all of our equipment, all of our training. Yeah. 
it's constantly being revisited. Every by progression it. is not is not something brand new. No, but every progression is not, um, you know, something that that's faulty, right? Right. There's, if if you told me, because I didn't have the thermal cameras technology, I and I'm an interesting, probably interesting firefighter because I've seen that where there was no technology and grown right. through the digital the digital natives. That's now. our generation. That's our generation. Was we search a room with our right or left hand searches, right? But then all of a sudden, I like, come down to the big city, and they're like, "We got this thing, this thermal camera that can see in the dark and see see heat and walls." And sure. so you can walk into a room we're sitting in right here mm-hmm. with a thermal camera, pitch black to the floor, sure. and do a sweep of the room up, down, left, right, and go. Nobody's in here without even moving. Yeah, for a general sense, yeah, behind something, general, underneath something, in a is closet. Is there a human being in that room? In the space no, I can uh, see. In the space yeah. I can see, absolutely not. Yeah. Yeah. We train though. Okay, technology fails. What's your yeah. go-to? It still needs to be. It checked. still needs to be done <laughs> that way. We have computers on the truck that guide us to a call. But if the computer goes down, we have a map book. If the map mm. book goes down, oh, what's that? Your memory. <laughs> Remember that thing where people could say, "I can drive to my friend's house without using the uh, what were yeah. those map books you'd keep in your car? Those Atlas yeah, map yeah, books. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The random McNally. We used yeah. to. Yeah, we used to. We used to. Just remember troubleshoot, and and I think the yeah, value remember. in keeping people were in their station for a long period of time is is they get to know their area mm-hmm. without maps, without mm-hmm. computers, and mm-hmm. say you can make a left up here and you'll come right back out on whatever. Right. How do you know that? Because I've been here for ten years. Right, I know that. I don't need a computer to tell me. Yeah. You know, um, or, you're tra- mo- you're, or you're moving to station six. Where where is that? Where <laughs> <laughs> exactly? Really? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so talk to me about, uh, so you, did you work the same shift? Uh, no, so that's a nice nice uh, transition because up, up in the northern departments, four on, four off was the style. It was four day shifts, four off, four night shifts. They oh, were okay. 10s and 14s, okay. but they were in groups of four. Right, when I did my exchange, it was two days, two nights, four off. Okay, so Which yeah, I thought was amazing. So still fours, but two and two day, two nights. Yes, and ours Very was grouped similar. straight days, then four off, then okay. four nights. And so what, did you just like that because you loved what you knew? Well, every, I never felt like I was at work. That's it. Every second month, you had all your weekends off from like Wednesday to Sunday or right. Thursday to Monday. It just floated. But every other month, you wouldn't see your friends or family because right. there'd be every second month you'd have no week. You'd work all your weekends. Mm-hmm. The four I thought coming from Monday to Friday, nine to five. Like shift work was wow, yeah. like wow. Right. This is one of those perks that no one talks about, and they just sure. this is amazing. Yeah. So then, I cut to I come to the big city. I get used to that for five years, and love it. Can't speak highly. Come to the big city, and they're doing tens and fourteens. Mm-hmm. Only they're doing it in a weird five five days. Yeah. You know, and then you have some off. Six then you off. do the split four and nights. nights. Yeah. So. It was nice to have the comparison because right away after about the first two weeks, I was like, oh man, this, these guys, these guys need to do back four and four. They don't know what they're doing. But after about a month and a half, I was like, I don't want to do four and four ever again. Really? Ever. Really? This is way better. Interesting. Okay. So why? uh, The only thing, well, traffic patterns wasn't the greatest, obviously leaving work at 4.30 or 5 and you're just like in the thick of it, but that's commuting problems. Sure. But I think my... Like I don't know if I'm using the right word. Your circadian rhythm, circadian, circadian, circadian rhythm yeah, yeah. is um, was met. I felt it was better for some weird reason. I felt like I'm catching my breath faster. It was working. Right. Excuse me. So then to now be on the 24 hour shift, right. I've had three different styles you have, of yeah, shifts. Super great. And I've had them right. in lengths of time where you can really settle in. Okay. 
And if you were to vote on it, you're just like, I don't know. What if it's not broke? Don't fix it. Right. Like this is working. And did and you did you adapt to each one? And I and I adapt to each one and can say great things about each one. Well, you're an adaptable guy. I think we've and, established that. Yeah, and it was, that's what I mean. When someone said, hey, what are you voting, 24 or the 10s and 14s? I'm like, I'm happy to have my job and come to work. I don't sure. care what they tell me. Sure. If I was getting hired today and they said, right. you're, you're in, welcome. It's 24 hours we do here. Okay. Great. I said, that's the way I feel. Right. If you said, well, well, we're going back to 10s and 14s. Great. Yeah. I mean, what I wouldn't want is the Monday to Friday nine to five because that was like <laughs> we, at least we all we never talk about that. We, we should we should when we're ever at a meeting discussing shift, we yeah. should all we should hey. always start with an agreement, right? <laughs> I remember we, just a quick thing: we were doing some um, high rise bundle uh, uh, testing with some crews the other day, and we were all we we're all in there in the stairwell and. And we asked about the whole, like the the bags we have currently, oh. and everyone in the whole space just like, oh, we hate those. I'm like, okay, I just hold on, everyone stop. <laughs> Let's just all take a moment to see that we all agree on something. Yeah. <laughs> Breathe. Let's this doesn't marinate. happen often. <laughs> yeah. Let's all just have a moment of silence yeah. for the moment yeah. we all agreed oh, on something. Oh, if you started any conversation with, <laughs> I just came from a chief's meeting and he's thinking about going back to, we're, you know, we're going to do the first thing ever in Ontario, Monday yeah. to Friday, nine to five. Yeah. People would lose their minds. They would lose their minds. Worse than the 24. So be careful yeah. what, you, what you complain about. Sure, sure. You know? my, my thing was, um, how do I complain about something I haven't done? Ah. So, uh, I couldn't really judge how this new shift was going to be until we worked it for a while. Like True. I do a, do a trial period for six months to a year. Yeah, I guess a year or more maybe to really f- settle in. Yes, I'm just saying prejudging something before you even know what it's like. Right, that's a tough one. That to me, I have a hard time swallowing that comment. I was the same. I was like, we at least at minimum need to do a trial run. Yeah, for eight months to t- twelve months. And if you hate it in a year, and then we vote. Yeah, and I think with the, the bigger cities found when I was talking to them. Well, I've been talking to a lot of people about different things. That's that's an easy one to say, which shift are you on? And then you start talking. Right. Uh, a lot of them said all the naysayers after six, seven months became like, okay, I'd never want to go back. Right. And that's interesting. You don't know. You don't know. They didn't know. They were all like pushed back. We pushed back a yeah. lot of things, you know. Sure. Just out of fear Everything. of routines and the routine has worked why are we changing it right. <laughs> well and then, and then what I, I want to comment on that so what I, what I've come to realize too is it, it's so it's 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 frustrating because we all got on the job because well I, I want to do something that's like just changing all the time I can't just do the day in day out I need unpredictability right I need you know I need excitement and then when change comes I don't want to change <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> right? So true, isn't it? And they and what they'll say to their friends and family, what they love about the job is it's different every time yeah. they go to work. Yeah. Meanwhile, here's hey guys, a new shift. I don't yeah, want to do that. We're doing floors more than twice a week now instead right. of just one day. Right. What? <laughs> no, it's got to be floors on just one day. I want to come in. Yeah. Have my coffee. <laughs> yeah. Then check the truck. Yeah. Then then then. Yeah. Every day forever for thirty years. Punch yeah. the clock. Yeah. Yeah. Wrong job. Yeah. yeah. You had your opportunity to grab the nine to five. If you want true. that. I mean, there's got to be, there's got to, yeah, there's got to be routines. And yeah. like you said, like checking your gear sure, needs sure, to sure. be part of a routine, but we know what we're talking about. I, like. I call it, uh, we, we talk it to both sides of our mouths often. <laughs> yeah. Don't we? No. I'll, yeah. yeah. You can't, you, you can't do it. You hear that a lot. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so um, what are some of the things that you think have been uh, gained or lost given the the change of shift? Uh, very, uh, this road, I, I go down a lot with, yeah. since we've been doing the 24s. Prior to the 24s, I started doing my own reconnaissance about what it will possibly do to the traditions, to the family at home, to the fire family Mm -hmm. Mm in-house. 
And I heard a lot of different things, and most of it leaned the needle tipped a little more to the negative prior to us going on the 24s. Yeah, brand, but where I am is going to go on the 24s, and w- how have you guys handled it? They're like, oh, well, it's great. I mean, your circadian rhythm and all that, and health-wise, that there's benefits there, and we're still putting in a 44-hour work week. If you sure. do it by hours, we're more than the average person. Sure. They don't see it that way because they just see us dimple yeah. the, the calendar month with seven or eight shifts. But, sure. but they said, but the, it's the traditions and the and the and the, the the those family feeling routines which may have drawn you to the career. You got drawn to this career not to just get a paycheck. You got drawn to uh, the wearing of a uniform, mm-hmm. the the brotherhood sisterhood that's around the world, the, becoming part of the biggest global gang on the planet. Sure, where with a, with a red sticker on your truck, oh, yeah. just driving here, yeah. past an accident, some northern guys fire truck, yellow bunker gear, looks like old volunteer stuff, but they mm-hmm. were all helping out at a car. And as soon as they saw the sticker on my car, they all gave me a wave. The sure. captain gave me that nod. Yeah, I don't know who they are from no. Adam. Yeah. But I bet you I could have stopped and felt like I'd worked 20 years beside those guys sure. as brothers. Sure. And that feeling is what maybe brought you to the job. Right. When you start to lose those qualities because getting to know you, Scott, if I went to your station on a on an old shift, remember the Monday to Friday days? Mm-hmm. I really get to see Scott in all his moods. You're yeah. T- you're you're <laughs> tired. Right. How he is when he's tired, how he is when he's hungry. Yeah. Oh, we got to go. To, uh, he's getting hangry. You know? <laughs> uh, just knowing people's... His routine. His routine yeah. was easier captured when you had five days with them right seeing somebody for a snapshot of a 24-hour period and then you don't see them again for two or three or maybe five or maybe seven it's taking longer for me to get to know my rookie mm. than it would have been the old shift yeah fair enough we 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 no longer uh say to ourselves hey uh every thursday we're all getting together for a couple of bevies right uh, after shift most sure. of c shift will be there you hit yeah we can do that because we we leave work at five you can go kill a couple hours let the traffic die down and sure. go home well on 24s it's all happening at 5 30 in the morning yeah 6 30 in the morning no yes. one's going anywhere together right not even a tee off <laughs> <laughs> right yeah so yeah. we used to golf before nights come in and do an around a nine a golf right. some some crews would say oh, let's do a round of nine then go in on a night shift yeah that family that off the job you work with them, but you do things, mm-hmm. you paint your, or you sports, you play with these guys, you know, hunting, whatever you do was happening. I think more on the old shift. I think now people have more time to get back home, retreat back to where they're from and have that life. Right. Which I think is a great balance. I always tell people, you shouldn't just have your firefighting job and your fire family, a healthy environment for your career setting is to have outside friends and family that are not fire. Yeah, I've described it as like uh, you need a lot of pillars underneath you. Yeah. Because if one fails you, yeah, and you're all in on one of them. Right. Who's right. your who you reach for? Who you're reaching for? Yeah. You're slipping down the you slope. Knock one pillar out. I got six. I more. got seven friends outside sure. the job that don't. They know me what I do, but sure. they don't treat me. They're completely yeah. different than my w- yeah. job guys. Yeah. Um. And when I say guys, I'm always meaning yeah, yeah. the fire family, sure. women, in and, general, and everyone yeah. as well. Yeah. But. Um, I think where we where traditions are lost is that the 24-hour shift uh, retirement parties used to happen right off a shift, so right. more people were there. That's an immediate. I see only a retirement party. I see 20 retires 
retirees come to yes. have a, and I see only the people that work with that person from their direct station mm-hmm. and maybe a couple others. Right. So retirement parties that used to be 80, 90 strong are now like down yeah. in like 25. And Unless 30. they've made a really massive impact. Like we went to one right. years ago with Which, one of our, one of our district chiefs. Oh yeah. <clears throat> like, and it was standing room only. Right. So, so I think that the shift work can affect uh, yeah. some traditions. So do you think, do you think, do you think is the shift to blame? Or because we we just haven't figured out how to adapt and and it's the shift. No, I'll agree. I'll, I'll put it out there. I say it's the shift to blame, and here's why: is because in my mind, this is just me. As soon as we went to twenty fours, all I said was, "Oh my gosh, there is so much more time to grow the brotherhood family, like the barber family barbecues, right. going hunting with five or six guys." Yeah. Uh, I thought this is better because we're only coming in. Sc- sporadic that gives me three days we can do a better golf tournament what i'm finding is hockey teams the c-shift open interesting people are it's like you have to pull teeth yeah because maybe after five days together straight you probably wouldn't want to see each other for six no yeah you're good but now you think you'd think you'd be open to seeing each other more right i only saw you monday hey let's do something on thursday hey you want to go uh jordan's saying he wants to get the crew together to go bowling for christmas just a bowling well that has to happen on a day off Right. Now those people have to commit to four or five hours of their life on that right, day right. away from family. And psh, and I'm thinking to myself, yeah, and we used to come in five days, people. Right. Five days you were right. away from your but family. But this, this is what I'm talking about. So let me, well, let me just like focus on that for a minute is that you have the mentality, right, that no matter what shift or you even saw the benefit in this shift right, to make it work. And you, it was a right. benefit. So that's where I'm saying is it the shift? Oh. Or is it the mentality? Ah, right. Because you, if you had your way, yeah, you would make you would you would still have both. The get-togethers would still be as frequent, or even more so. I'd love to tell another department. Right. Some Australian dude said, "Hey, uh, you guys run twenty fours. Yeah, it's fantastic. Right. Well, what about the what about the you know the brotherhood sisterhood? What about the the doing yeah. stuff on and off work? Like surfing. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like, no, that even got better. Right. You know, you'd want right. to say because now there's more time to go out on a right. boat ride with the crew or do a crew event. This is where I argue it's a mentality, not the shift. I think, yeah. you, I think you can, and we're getting into brotherhood, right? Well, like I think if, if you care, yes. you, you said before we started talking, right? If you care, if you care you'll the show rest up. just happens. You'll show up. You plan the event at right. seven, four o'clock, people will be there. Doesn't matter what shift, if you care, it, you're going to show up. Yeah. Right. Oh, right. What shift, what hour shift you're working? The, yeah. the, the old 10s and 14s yeah. versus 24. You plan a golf thing, people are going to show. We were almost at, you know, when you're at work more often, like you're away from home. Like that's, it would almost be, it's harder to find a day. To find the day, right. well, you just did five days in a row and now you're going to go out on a Saturday, <laughs> exactly. right? Where exactly. if you did the 124 and you got seven off, you could easily pepper a day in there. Pepper, yes, you should be able to. Yeah. So I think maybe, and this it's, is where we get into like how, okay, so then this segues nicely. Like how, how do we, mm-hmm. how do we. Because I think what I'm seeing is this resurgence or, or uh, of of the the necessity for tradition and brotherhood. You see yeah. this, and the sisterhood, the family, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. And and that, that's inspired me seeing these other guys uh, like you know Mark Von Appen from Fully Involved and then Trial by Fire with Jared and yeah. just a lot of these guys are like, no, this this is important. We need to hold on to this because we see it sliding, right? So yes, yes. How do we? Yes. And with your work in the honor guard, which we we just barely even scratch the surface on, like how do we bring that ahead with us? Um, it's it's a complex. I don't mean you need don't need to have all the solutions. I mean there's there's no, generations. I won't have the but, answers. I mean, but to look at our to be able to look back at our past and say, well, 
well, what was remember the fishing derby? You remember these events that were more about socializing than about the no no but you didn't even have. I went to the fishing derby and I didn't even know how to fish. Like I I didn't have my own gear. Right. They're like, listen, you don't need to know how to fish. Just yeah. come. I went to You're house league hockey. To ha- house league and hockey. I couldn't stop on skates. Our rookie doesn't have golf clubs. Just come to the C shift open. I'll throw you a couple yeah. drivers and Play you'll be my fine. Bag, whatever. Yeah. And it was all about. It's more about the social event. So looking to our past and saying we need to do more of those group events, whether it's for a full platoon. Mm-hmm. Or whether you're just looking after your two truck station, somebody needs to jump and go. I'm going to plan. This has nothing to do with Christmas or eat or anything. Sure. I'm going to plan a. I'm just going to like a bowling night. We all don't know how to bowl. We're all going to just going to have some bevies and have some fun and bring sure. your family. And that needs that needs to happen um, because the what do they call it? Um, not com- no, camaraderie, but like. The cohesiveness, the cohesiveness of that sh- of that group of people mm-hmm. will now have. I always said it's awkward when you go on uh, when you shift exchange, or you go to another hall mm. and you don't know the inside jokes. Right. So someone will just say a word, right, and everyone's laughing, but right. you because you're like, I wasn't here when that happened. Right. What are you guys talking about? They'll let you know gladly sure, sure. and fill you in on a joke, and then yeah. you start to feel. So, but when you start doing those kinds of events, you're creating all kinds right. of juicy. Uh, strings that tie us all together right because a nickname came out that day the way he did something with the golf ball or when you guys were out hunting he ate something that made you all laugh and now there's a bit of a nickname about that and and you wouldn't have that you puked um, in your golf cart or something but that yeah and that's that's where other people and and this is interesting because other people in other corporate world other jobs will say i work with my colleagues but i don't know them Mm. the way you guys seem to know each other right you have to do things with each other other than work too sure. to also get to know who somebody is outside the job. Mm-hmm. Like you could be like, I didn't even realize so and so was into that, you know, or was into doing tattoos or whatever. Like I've worked with him for three years and I didn't even know he's a tattoo artist. Yeah. Well, you never got to know him just on a social uh, right. call, which would be out at some party or get together. And now you're talking about get away from the work. Right. And get to know the person. Well, this is one of the main driving factors behind this is like, yeah, I want our department to get to know and other departments to get to know you yeah, and get to know, you know, these group of people like, oh, get to know, get get to know each other. Right. I know when I hear other people on your show, I'm, it's going to be enlightening to know that someone I thought I knew for the last 18 years, I only knew 60%. We've had that experience this morning, right? Like what? Like. (laughs) Really, you, you you want to be a pilot? You actually had your pilot's license for a small, you know, whatever, yeah. like whatever that is. Sure, it connects. I did a thing at one of the meetings I was uh, I was part of, and I said the icebreaker. We all, you know, anything. yeah. I said, listen, everybody's going to go around the room and introduce the person beside you and something that nobody knows about, right. just their name and something that no one would know. And it's always an awkward thing so, to do, like, but it's, it's awkward. And they, I said, you can make it up if you want. Sure. Yeah, you like skateboarding still. Sure, sure. It doesn't matter to me. If you want to be honest, great. It'll be fun. If not, and you should see the amount of information you can learn in that one little iceberg moment. I didn't, re- and there's connections being made. Yeah. Oh, my daughter was looking for someone like you yeah. because she's doing a project on, can I talk to you afterwards? Right. I'll get your cell phone. Well, yeah. But if you keep all that to yourself and you don't right. do anything social or no group events in the yeah. fire service, we're not, we're only going to know each other for that brief little 24 hour period. Yeah. The way, the way I've thought about it is that um, uh, the job is is good with without all these extras right, right. without a great crew it, it's a good job oh god yeah the job is good but you get a great group of people it's a great job <laughs> you add that on top of it it's a even greater yeah. so sometimes and this is my worry where 
you know, coming on and people have been for five years and, and, and that's already been lost, they don't know what they're missing. Right. They oh. Have, they have no idea, right? Oh, nice, nice. They have yeah, no idea what no they're reference. missing. So they just think this is just the way it is. I guess when we all say goodbye, we don't see each other for seven days. Nobody even texts each other. We don't talk to each other. Yeah. Nobody plans an event at Christmas, went, came and went, and nobody even right. said, hey, we should maybe get together and right. go for drinks for as a crew. Why is that? Oh, I guess that's just the way it is. Yeah. And then I think, well, huh. then let's let's talk about, um, <laughs> Interesting. you know, uh, where it really matters, where I think the rubber hits the road is, and then this, this, let's talk a bit about Honor Guard, about the heavy moments. Oh, boy. About the yeah. calls, you know, I my mean, work with peer support. Like, yeah. what I've found, I mean, and, and I have the privilege and honor of getting to know people at a really deep level, oh, yeah. right? Yeah. Like, with no no barriers or boundaries. It's yeah. all raw, and, and then um, I mean, we could go on about that. But so... What I'm saying is, I, I think this 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 family, this brotherhood, this the importance of that really matters in the heavy moments. And there's no un, the unfortunateness, the unfortunate aspect aspect yeah. of a fire funeral is there was a picture that was taken. One of our department members, uh, a higher up chief, had passed, and we did a toast. Uh, the honor guard did a toast in a private room, and there's a moment where someone took a picture and said my in that moment it was the greatest moment but saddest moment exactly at the exact yes. same yes inf- intersection yes. it was this moment the br- the family of fire oh. service has never felt the so gratitude. powerful yeah and being able to support the family in this way and just show that this is how we support but then it was the worst moment because if you think about what it is you're yeah. at yeah the loss of a life right and you're like, how can how can the two be yeah. on the same exact moment? And those are the purest life moments, right? And when, when it's that layered, when people see yeah. the honor guard come down and do a, ca- a flag folding ceremony at the front, and there is that's not happening to the general public, folks. That's right. uh, you know reserved for police, fire, ambulance, the emergency yeah. service family, and military. Yeah, and everybody else. Not to disrespect anyone's funeral, but you're not getting the details of the respect shown by people that don't even, that come from miles away right. to stand in the cold outside of a church and salute a, a casket yeah. going by. That's not happening for any civilian. That's what makes it, and, and I believe, to get back to the roots of Honor Guard and, and, and those moments of details is they need to be kept even more so in the tradition world of paying it forward to the next generation because as leaders in the community, we're showing, it's actually not pomp and circumstance for for it's for the fallen. We we remember, honor, remember, and support. That's the three things Canadian honor guards do. But we're also showing the citizens of the communities we work in. This is how we honor our fallen, our heroes, our fallen. And if you do not take a truck through uh, the streets with the salutes and the flags and the, if you're not ever, sh- imagine if we did everything behind closed doors. The reason for it is to show little kids the community that look, look. This is a special funeral. This person did above and beyond the call yeah. of duty and possibly gave his life right. for this is who we should be respecting, not the the, the, the second-string basketball player, the second-string football player who makes right. $10 million a year right. and hasn't performed for the last five. Look at this. Look at this. Look at, does his funeral plays out like anybody else's? Right. Yeah, some nice flowers and bigger right. arrangements, but it's not this. This is reserved for the very right. few. And and I just was just having the, the thought while you were speaking that uh, we shouldn't just be getting together for funerals and funerals. No, yeah, <laughs> and that and when I see other department honor guards and other and we go, 
and it's that weird handshake. Good to see you under different circumstances. Yes. It would be better. Yes. Like I'd like to see you. And so what's funny, you should mention that because in just the honor guard realm of firefighting, um, they Kitchener uh, finally created this honor guard convention because we got so we're people too. We feel too, even yeah. though we may, we may stand stoic. We're we're doing our job in the moment, but we still have feelings about what's happened. You're and thinking about it more. We very like being different of standing on the curb at a car accident or getting your elbows deep into the blood. Yeah, we're involved more. Yeah, so there's no way you can be not affected after the 20th right. funeral. Peer support works the same thing. So so we decide to have a convention where we all get together, where we can shake a hand of Toronto, of Toronto firefighter and say, "Yes, it's good to see you, so and so." And we're not at a funeral, right. so let me go buy you a drink. Right. Like, like it's not like, oh, you know. You can so feel light. You can you, feel. You can smile. Because a lot of times you don't want to show those emotions because it's just, it may be yeah. seen, re- sure. perceived as, why right. are laughing over there? Well, I've even had that thought just to, it, that, that cues my mind of like on scenes, right? Oh, yeah. You see a guy and you haven't seen him in a while and you have this big smile and you give him it. And then for the public to see that. Perceptions, you're like, why right? are you in such a good mood? And you're at this. It's like, no, no, yeah. no. It's like, it's it's a different part of my brain. Like, you don't. You, you and I grew up where we could go out to a club, and which we may have during the combat years, right. and do <laughs> once and, or twice. And, and there was no cameras, no phones, no cameras. You right. do what you want, how you want, and knowing that it was a memory that you you would keep, and the people that were with you, right. and a story to tell. Right. If you never told it, nobody knew. Yeah. We're in a we're in an environment today where social media. What do we see? You, you know, cameras are up and when we arrive on everybody in the public right. waiting to catch our mistake. Yeah, you're on video. Waiting to catch that moment where they can become somehow famous from catching something that shouldn't be right, happening. Right, the right. joking going on, like you said. Right. So it's, you got to be constantly aware of your surroundings mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. Um, so the honor guard, how, how and when did you... Did that come to you? So, huh, so my father being... He was the ceremonial honor guard commander for uh, Canadian Armed Forces Base and... Uh, at home, he always had his, he was always, it's funny what you end up becoming, you always know, say, I, I became my father. <laughs> Not trying to, but yeah. now I watch old war movies and I polish my boots. <laughs> and I remember seeing him for years going, why does he do this? Like, right. What's he doing? He's History he's, and tradition. He's doing, a, he's doing arm curls and polishing boots while watching old war movies. Oh, what an idiot, you know, <laughs> every night. But, and now it's so I boring. Do. My yeah. wife now joins me. He's like, oh, right. I know what you're doing. Yeah. Um, Seeing him with his uniform and his white belt and, and all his regalia, uh, I always was like, wow, that's a whole different division of the military, like being not just on the, the honor guard, but being the commander. And so as soon as I got on the one thing that drew me to Brampton was when I got on the department and our graduation and this honor guard showed up, I was like, oh. it was like everything's going to be great. I'm already in cloud a hundred. Right. And all of a sudden I hear these pipes and draw, I hear an honor guard comes in and I'm and thinking, you get the goosebumps and I'm thinking they hired somebody, right? Like this is probably oh, like an other city, uh, f- like you hire a pipes and drums band to come in to do okay. your event. So I, then I see the flashes. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, that's Brampton. Those are our guys. Those are our guys. Sorry. Okay. Those, those are our guys. Yeah. And I was like, so wait, this is an option. And I, you know, when you're new, like you said, you don't want to put your feet in too many things. Sure. Just be a good firefighter. Right. Focus on. And I remember that focus. I knew it was all going to be new, all this medical yes. stuff. And I was yeah, like, yeah, yeah. but I remember saying to the the leader that night, what would I, if I want to become part of the honor guard, what would I have to do later? Not today, not tomorrow, <laughs> like later. He goes, well, you know, like you said, get yourself settled. But then, yeah, you can start coming to practices and. Just show up. You, your actions will speak louder than your words. Yeah. We have a lot of people that say that. We never see them. So, yeah, I just, <laughs> it was, 
and done. As soon as I felt like I, I remember bouncing it off some of the senior guys. Do you think it would be wrong if I started doing like a little something? Like, you know, you're biting not, at the bit. Meanwhile, right? Not the committees and not joining a whole bunch of stuff. Sure. But just can I just do that and yeah. not be seen as what's this rookie doing? Yeah. No. Yeah. Go ahead. You're, come with me. And so that started that ball in motion. I think it was like my after about a year and a half in, maybe 2005, 2006, yeah. I, I was just on the honor guard and I was happy to be on. I just, whatever sure. you want me to do, this sure. is great. And they already saw, hmm, <laughs> well, our recruit class, I tended, I pretended to be the commander one morning. He showed up and I didn't know. He was watching me be oh, him. Oh, wow. Impersonate him. Amazing. But because the guys during our warm-ups and our practices, we'd march every morning before class uh, in front of one of the stations and the crew would come out and laugh and I think I was the only one that stepped out one day and started yelling. Sure. And, started, and they're like, you're perfect for this. Yeah. I was like, oh, I'm just playing around. They're right. like, no, but you you really got a good handle of all the commands already. Like, right. I was like, ah, oh, you know, runs in the blood. Just joking. Right, yeah. Cut to um, being on the honor guard for more than seven years. Yeah. And then Leading those commanders it. starting to say, we're going to retire soon. Succession plan. Who, yeah. who, do we, who do we see has the passion? Who do we see notices the details? Who do we see wants this thing to keep going? And, and then I got approached. I got the, the tap on the shoulder. I, would you like to start grooming, you know, mm -hmm. become like mm -hmm. a, an apprentice so that you can learn our job and then we'll give it the torch to you right. later. And I was like, are you kidding me right now? <laughs> so I, it, that's funny you say that. So I had this experience that, you know, trying to get on the job for about four years and and uh, you're, in your, you're in your interview in your head, you're like, they just got to give me a chance, got to give me a shot. Like <laughs> I deserve this and I'm good for this and I'm, I know I can do it, right? Like, mm -hmm. and then I remember going down the road on my first call on a night shift with um, a guy that had been on longer than I'd been alive. <laughs> and, oh, that's happened to me already, and, too. <laughs> and, and to be honest, you know, I had this thought in my head, like, oh, my God, do they know that they let me do this? <laughs> <laughs> right? Mm. I was conscious, hyper-conscious of the fact yes. that I had the passion and drive in me, but the self-esteem, self-respect maybe wasn't, you know what I mean? Because you, you still, yeah, yeah, that whole complexity that we talked about. So I was hyper-conscious of what I didn't know and when I still had to learn, and I had that little bit of like self doubt, like, oh my God, they're actually like, <laughs> this is legit. I'm in a uniform. We're 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 going. So, fast forward. Did you have that moment when you were on the honor guard, and then someone says you should run this? Did you have something like that where you're like, why me? Or, or I did uh, when I was approached. I don't know if I can do this as well as you guys have. Did I you had the self doubt. Yeah, I said uh, I would gladly assist a more senior person right. who's been here longer, I feel like I would be cutting someone's grass or I would, Yeah. I, I mean, I, I'm a very grateful and thankful you even approached me on this topic, but at the same time, A, it, maybe it should be a two-person job and I'll just be like the co-leader, the co right. leader, the assistant of somebody right. uh, because I don't know how that's going to be perceived. Like I always see in hockey when you see someone get the C, the captain, and it's right. like a, a two-year guy on the team. I'm wonder, I always wonder... Does the whole team go, well, that was a bit too soon? Right. Or is it because that person's such a leader? Yeah. They're like, no, it perfectly fits him. Doesn't matter how long he's been and here. And we all yeah. actually will follow him wherever he goes. Right. That's like. We're he, glad to have so him. So that was yeah. the other side of the coin was at the same time I'm going, if I was to say yes to this, are they going to follow me? Are they going to agree with the things I may change? Or right. if I have, if I don't want to change anything, that's great. But what if I change something? Everyone's like, what's he doing? No way. But I think the fact that you have that train of thought go through your head makes you the right person. Possibly. Yeah. There was definitely. Right? If you're like, of course I should do this. <laughs> oh yeah. No. <laughs> you see where that goes there was, different? There like, was hesitancy and, and there was a lot of like. Because you respected it and you cared. 
Well, yeah, it's like you can't mess up in that position. Like I can, we could say turn to the right and I can be a little bit slower than the guy beside me. So it, it, it's, we still aim up the same direction. Uh-huh. But as a commander, you got to know the commands. You got to know what's happening with every facet of that day. And I was all I kept thinking about was not the easy marches down the street or for for different parades. I'm thinking of the funeral that counts, the L O D D. Like mm-hmm. that is when, yeah, it, it, like it's your highest honor mm-hmm. to the family and supporting them in the best way you know how to give them that presentation that that the world is kind of actually nowadays there is this expectation that well what i've seen in movies is you know all these white gloves and the ride on the pumper and the aerials are up with the under the canada flag and some people think like every funeral is going to have all the details and it's like actually wrong it's just reserved for the line of duty right um the passing of any firefighter though is all still respected sure uh in different ways but there are just there 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 are are set down standards we're not folding flags and giving it to the family for everybody sure do we want to yes yes do i feel it in my heart when i have to say there's those five details we can't do but i want to do them right i think he deserved it after 25 years or sure but it's just you have to then you're disrespecting the other the LODD style of funeral. Sure. You're disrespecting those people right. when someone. So that's been my the my. It's hard to emotionally detach and become part of preserving the tradition the structure versus versus what you feel like you would like to do. Right. Interesting. You know? And overall, the family can trump it all if they want and say we just don't want anything. Right. Well, that's fine. Right. But just so you know, this is what we're prepared to do. Mm-hmm. You know, like it, these honors don't come with, oh, I have to go stand at a visitation. It's we're honored to be there. Yeah. And be the support that be that solid oak tree for the family that right. they're just like, they're always in that awe of these guys have been here an hour before everybody else and they left an hour after and they stood all day yeah. and they didn't say a word, but wow. And let me, and let me offer some well-deserved kudos and I'm, I'm, I'm no. sure you hear it all the time, but, um, you know, our, our honor guard Oh, you know, we're lead, leaders among the service. And that was right. Leader, uh, when you, like I said, with combat challenge, when when that department would show up and you go up, right? There's the guys that we know are the best. We we bring with us, and I would say we, in terms of the the flash on my shoulder, not me the person. Yeah. If I took this uniform and gave it to my neighbor and walked him to Ottawa in September, he would get the same acknowledgement. It's not the person. Right. It's our department that has been around since 1976 and there's only maybe two other maybe calgary is close to us in Mm -hmm. in longevity Mm -hmm. um but at at actual activity around going to event everyone's always happy proud to see a brampton honor guard there because they know they're being looked after now it's like if we have any problems just ask them (laughs) they seem to have the the eye on on the details so that was another one of those moments if i'm being asked to to lead yeah am i ready to lead a team that amongst other teams is seen as, oh my gosh, like literally have emails that come to me from chiefs of other departments saying, we were told after asking around to ask your honor guard. You're being asked to quarterback a team that's got a dynasty attached to it. Right, right. And so I'm just trying to keep the bar where it's at, but you know me, (laughs) I got to send that bar higher. So right. worst case scenario, the next leader, if he doesn't, if he falls short, he'll only fall back to what we were already at, right. which would be a, a longevity of which is keep, still great. Keeping it going, it's great. It'll be, it'll be, it'll be honored. But I'm trying to say, let's see what more we can do with right. this honor guard, and not right. always do funerals. Maybe try doing sporting events, sure. some happier things. Yeah, and I'm not thinking just about and funerals. I'm right. thinking about the mindset of my guys and girls that are on the department. 
that staying at funerals, I had members say, Jordan, I don't think I can do another funeral for a while. And I was right. like, oh, you okay, no problem. Sabbatical, no problem. Yeah. But can I ask, you know, and he said, I don't want to tell you why. It's not that I can't fit my uniform. You know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> got too big of a, a beer belly. Right. But it was, he says, I'm just mentally exhausted at being at, at seeing the, the funerals that we're yeah. going to. And the PTSD kind of could set in at any minute if it hasn't already. Yeah. So it was like, take a break by all means. Like right. I said, we're, we're, we're human. Right. I mean, I don't want to even put a number to how many funerals I've been to. Yeah. But I think there was some preparation in my particular life with that working at the graveyard. Sure, there was. Right? Yeah. Like, weird how that is. So they, yeah. I'll always be, excuse me, I'll always be asked, how come around the funeral homes and around this environment, you seem, like you said, or like I heard on a, somebody talking, I'm not seeing through straws. I'm seeing like the big picture. Sure. I'm not tunnel vision because I'm panicked. I'm right. like calm. Right. Like, I'm like, because I've been in this environment since I was like 16 years old. Yeah, yeah. And You're like, comfortable and confident. I'm yeah. Comfortable with knowing what is about to happen. Sure. How to treat people. In these how to act. How to talk, look, see, talk, everything. Right. You know, and a lot Experience. of people. Yeah. A lot of people don't go to a lot of funerals. Right. It brings up a lot of things in people. It's a cultural thing, right, for us too. Right. So with yeah. our with our traditions of our department, that is one that I hammer home with the recruits that. You are on a job where you're given a dress uniform, not your fatigues. I'm talking your dress uniform. Right. And when that goes on, it's the highest. That's the ones that have come before you mm-hmm. that have paid, paved the road that you're on. Yeah, I've mentioned that to to, to, their, to, to rookies too. The recruits that, uh, you know, you 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 go grocery shopping or step out to get fuel, mm-hmm. and and people's look at you and they automatically give you respect. Automatically. And you've been here for three minutes. <laughs> Right. So you have to think about that. Yes. Right. Yes. Like there's a reason that that happens. Yes. So is don't is, ruin it. Right. No, the paying it forward of, of oh. everybody's good deeds. If we start to become all introvert and all about ourselves yeah. and, 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 and the world owes me and, yeah. and that, that, if that creeps in too much, the, the communities like, I haven't seen them do any charity work in the last five years mm-hmm. and I haven't seen them do anything nice and to, whatever, they're just overpaid, you know, whatever. Right. You don't want that to happen. No. That, that's what we're trying, you're saying, when you start to see a slide, yeah, that slide could be a, literally a slippery slope fast. Very much, yeah. Way yeah. faster than it took to build it. Right. It's like working out, right? Like, you work out for six months to get in shape and you need to take a month off, it's like base jumping. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> you're almost like, and I'm I'm done. I'm not gonna start, start over, over like, again. It's yeah. like, wow. And when you start it over a number of times, you realize how, hard it is to start well, over and so it's easier to keep going totally off topic when i'm on a cruise ship for a holiday and i right. see people working out yeah i get it now yeah oh yeah i go honey why the heck are they you working? have the time to because right? they're yeah. saying i don't want to lose that week yeah <laughs> i want to stay on that at least yeah you know yeah but yeah. uh no it's it's so with so with that with that transition then from being on the honor guard to running it and we talked a little earlier about um we can always be moving that uh, that bar ahead of us and never feeling like I'm ready yeah. or never allowed. I'm, I've been trying to tell recruits to like, um, you got to celebrate the little wins. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And for yeah. people I've mentored, like celebrate the little wins. No one expects you to be a first class firefighter. Be a really awesome fourth class firefighter. That's exa- exactly. No one expects you to be a paramedic. Be a really good firefighter at this VSA. Right. Like, so have confidence in where you're at. Right. And don't always be thinking of what you're not because that, so, that always just kills your confidence and it makes you feel worse. Absolutely. Right? So I've had this moment recently that at some point you and I became 
some of the senior members in our department. <laughs> and this happens. Yes. So, but if you never, so it's important to have the, your, your recruit class is 30 years long. It's important to know that I still need to come in and care. And it's not about kicking your feet up, but, but what I'm talking about when that happens is, oh, I finally arrived. Now I can relax. Mm-hmm. Now it's like, oh my God, we're the ones that need to set the tone. Like You're, we're the wow, ones that have nicely to, said. We have to carry the tradition yes. that our senior firefighters yes. did for us. Now we have to do that. Yes. And if you weren't paying attention to what that was or haven't figured it out, now you're not in the position to do it and you're not doing people below you any any good. So Because of your lack of caring along the way, you're yeah. now like, I don't want to be the one that shows how to, somebody how to use the tanker because I don't even know myself. That's, and, and you're, you're afraid, like, right? So oh. I think when you go to teach as well too, that, that, I mean, so for me, the uh, moment was when I went in to teach. So yeah. when you're going to teach something, if you can teach firefighters, you nope. can teach anybody. But if you can teach if you can teach something, that's when you know you know it. Oh, cold, right? And 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 but I'm saying you need to cuz you're going to get and rightly so, you'll get questioned and carved and yeah. peppered and and if you don't have the answers, then you, it's really it's a humbling experience. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And and sharpening need, experience. You're and, just getting sharpened at the same time. And like, it, but it's a wake-up moment. Oh yeah. Like, oh my god. Like <laughs> I I should have known. I thought I knew a few things <laughs> yeah. and I really didn't know that. And now I've got these four other things I have to learn, right? Okay, so we're at, what I'm driving at here yeah. is when yeah. these wake-up moments, and yeah. I think for me that was mine, and that transition to the I look around and and and, you, and these, some of these recruits start to look up to you a little bit. You're like, yeah. I have a responsibility here. Yeah. So how how do and we talked about the tradition sliding. So how do we? Because we're it, man. Oh, it's it's. Like, it's we have we, whether we want it or not, whether we want set. it or not, we're it. Yeah, we're it. And there's a lot of there's a, there's different firefighters you'll look at and say, if you were to set a tone, you don't be following that person over there. While they're a good firefighter, when the tones go, they're not setting a good uh, role model kind yeah. of position around the station. And if we don't do it, especially as as more and more classes get bigger, you have. Yeah. I noticed this at our, this, I'll offer this at one of our stations where when I got on, we're telling when I got on stories here, when I got on, everybody knew you were the brand new person. Absolutely. The whole department. Oh, the whole department. Yeah, sorry. And, and you were on with, with really senior people. Mm-hmm. Now, as our department grows, there's a lot of five years, 10 years, 11, 12, eight, seven, like they're all younger yeah, some years on, some looking older. So, <laughs> yeah. So, but they outnumber uh, yeah. the senior. Yeah. So those clicks can sort of build. Uh-huh. And if you don't step up and try and set a tone, then they're just going to follow each other and create their own. Right. So which might be right or wrong. You right. Don't know. It, it might be better. But I'm saying we're 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 in this environment now. Yeah. So how do we do right by the people before us? Well, this is the group I was talking to somebody about this at work the other day. And I said, we are in the diminishing group. So to me and in life, I think you have all these three groups represented in, in if you, you could parlay this into everything. You have your, your, your older generation, seniors, vets, whatever you want to call them, your older group is one group. And they're the ones that are already looking to the way out. The door, the door to the exit is already within sight, but maybe yeah. it might be a five-year window, might be an eight, but they're already going. You see the red glow of this eh, Yeah. There's not much. You hope they don't just throw in the towel and just sit there and wait for that day. You hope yes. they keep trying to change the department right till they leave. Sure. But what you have to understand is that group exists and they may not be putting in, the, they have the experience behind them, mm-hmm. but they may not be putting in the, t- the effort and energy every on a day-to-day and you also don't know what they've been putting in that whole time. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Was there 25 years of like complete craziness? Yeah. And now they're saying, can I have a break? Yeah. And then you've got your other group, which is the the rookies, uh, the freshmen, the freshman group, uh, say five, six years and under. Right. And that group is thirsty. 
and they're sponges and they're looking at you they're green and they're like what can i learn from you what can i learn from you what am i gonna learn today and and you gotta feed them yeah this middle group is us it's the it's the senior guy position Mm -hmm. the middle group which is a perfect bridge for the rookies to come through us instead of going to the captains which they might be a little bit afraid or apprehensive about sure so they ask a senior guy, right? Mm-hmm. Not the not the the very senior, but they mm-hmm. ask this middle group, mm-hmm. the ten to twenty three year guy, sure. and the senior people that are almost on the way out are, are are relying on that middle group to like pretty much. I heard someone say, you know that in big cities, the senior man position is actually um, trains the crew. The captain doesn't do much, right. but be a captain. Yeah. But the senior man does all the training for the crew. Like the lieutenant. Like the I'm lieutenant. I'm not sure how they run. But right. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, interesting. Because that keeps the knowledge being given backwards from somebody who's been there and done that. Right. Not just from the textbooks. Right. It, obviously, policies fall into place. But it's like, yeah. and also, my experience teaches me this. Learn the box and learn what's outside the box. And, and that, yeah. little, that little group, like you said, we set the tone for what the young ones are watching. And we also kind of set the tone for how to remind the older ones, <clears throat> you might want to get up and help here or, sure. you know, because I'm going to be you soon, yeah. but like at the same time. Yeah. Or we can go to them and or, say, hey, man, like, listen, like. <laughs> yeah. And you fall in that, you'll see this, this middle group of people fall in that, in the needle will say, I, I don't care anymore. The youth, just, they're all about themselves, the millennials, or they're like, I want to help or they yeah. don't want to help. And they want to almost gravitate towards the, the, the way out. Right. And it's, it's keeping yourself, like the first thing I tell somebody when they come to station where I'm at, I say, you want to know what you have to do to be here? And I'll say this for your whole career. It's the hardest thing to do. Not hard, not going into basement fires, not right. saving people. Do you want to know what the hardest thing for your whole career to do is? And I'll just say it, to care. Yeah. <laughs> I said, and they're like, and they, there's this huge pause because right. they're expecting something magnificent. Sure. And I go, I'll let you marinate on that for a second. Yeah. Think about that word. If you stop caring, when you if, if you don't want to show up on time because you just don't care anymore. Right. If you don't want to help out with this dinner, I don't really care. Yeah. If you stop caring, everything falls apart. Yeah. I said if you can the hard complacency and trying to care right until your last day. Yeah. Is the hardest thing. Complacency around. comes from not complacency caring. comes from not caring yeah. and complacency. We know that 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 evil thing burn. It just. Yeah grows all kinds of mistakes and right oh yeah i guess he hasn't thought about that in a while because he totally messed that up and have you found oh through your career that um in your own mind because even even at someone so if if you're if you're if you've waned a little bit if you've because we always have Mm -hmm. there's this there's this wave right i think sometimes you're you're in even uh with mark uh von appen from fully involved and one of his main blogs that got a lot of traction was um are you always fully involved ah Right, like yeah. you, you know, and the, he's he's definitely pushing where you, you need that you need that message, but and he was very honest about you know, not always, but but you have that 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 keystone, yes, right of like, where if you've worked out for a long long time and you stop, you know what it can be, yes, but we stop exercising a little bit and we work it a bit more, but you always go back to it, right? Right. Like if you right. had those sort of wave moments in your career and. In 20 years, I can say, yeah, I have. Yeah, yeah. I've had some moments where... Me too. Um, uh, maybe it was, It was. it's kind of more like, I'm going to let go. I'm going to not do what I normally do just to see how others react. Interesting. 
I want to like uh, there's <laughs> there's a funny memo there that I look at sometimes meme memo, meme yeah, yeah meme and it says a lazy person can go on doing nothing and nobody bats an eye. Right. The busy person stops for one day and right. everyone loses their mind. It's right. a picture of the Joker going, and everybody yeah. just loses their minds. Right. It's like, right. Right. and sometimes I feel like that. And there's been times where I'm like, you know, today's a day where I got more going on and maybe I need a mental break. Right. So I'm not going to appear to be the first one up to mop the floor, yeah. the guy that's helping out wash the trucks. Yeah. Or maybe I'm looking more like, oh crap, that senior guy yeah. who's kind of, thrown in the towel a bit right and does it bug me when i notice it yeah because i'm thinking crap what if today was the day they were watching me the young right. ones right right but i'm like oh man it's funny that senior we're we're as a rookie you're worried about are they watching me <laughs> <or were> they... <laughs> isn't it wow see that realization see that i never thought of it that way yeah. but you get to a point where and i'm talking when you're the most senior guy Maybe you're, the top two yeah of a, of a, tr a truck where there's eight people on duty yeah. 10 you 10 are the and, person and uh, wow, I never thought of it. Like you always feel like you're looked at. because you're. And the you have to live up to then something. You have to earn their respect. Right. Then you get it. There's only a moment in there where maybe when you're not the rookie and you're not the senior guy, you're that middle, hey, I'm seven years and no one's looking at me yeah. and I'm not expecting to know too much. Like we, <laughs> that's an even smaller group. But then you're training yourself from that point forward to create a routine of caring and a routine of, I gotta now start looking at what am I being? I'm gonna be looked at very shortly. And in our in our in our our city, uh, blink your eyes yeah. and you're the senior person for a day. Even a couple of shift changers right. come in. Oh, they're brand new right. and they're a shift changer from another. Oh, I'm the senior guy right. on the back of the truck. Right. Yeah, only because you got two years experience, but more than them. I I tell this to the rookies all the time. Know your know your boss's job. Know the person in front of you. Know their job just as well as you know your own. If you right. think you're getting bored of like, oh, okay, I got the this hydrant position down, right? Then start learning. Start pretending you're the driver. Yeah. And we start pretending learning his position because yeah. one day, you may have to step up. Right. right. We talked about that before we got started about yeah. how um, uh, we tell we tell ourselves this story about how the heavy call is going to go. Right. This is what will be the expectation of me, but that guy will do this and the captain mm -hmm. will do that. Mm -hmm. And then we now have this, this hindsight where you're like, what happens if the captain goes down? Right. What happens if the captain and your senior guy goes down? Who, who does what now? Like it's you. Is it a frozen moment where you just wait? Yeah. Like the job, the job will find you. Well, nicely put. The job will find you, no matter what station you <laughs> well, go to, and no matter if you're talking fires, uh, automobile, auto X, it's going to find you. Medical, yeah. The captain gets distracted by someone with a, a, a fighting in the kitchen. Your your driver comes in, and the cop pulls him aside, and now you're making the call in a room full of people. Somebody unconscious. The job will find you. Yeah. But I'm just the rookie. Yeah. I, uh, I'm the def I'm the defib no. guy. I don't. Uh, First first week on, you could have the biggest call of your career, right? Yeah. And, oh no, but I'll have time to settle in and figure all that out. Ah, right, right, right. No, it's, I don't need to worry about what a captain does. I don't need to worry about the radio because of the, the he'll do all that or she'll do all that. That's what they do. Really? Right. right. <laughs> you need to always be aware of your surroundings. That at any minute, and that that's going to help though later in your career. You're going to be able to say. It's not about um, overriding um, a captain's judgment of what he wants, but it, your two cents can change. Sure. Uh, just letting you know, Cap, uh, you know, I noticed on the Charlie side that there was this. And he might say, oh, thanks. Wait a minute. Uh, you know what? We're not going to change my tactic now. 
Right. You know, let's get an aerial around back. And just that information They can't change. see everything. If they can't. It's a team. It's impossible. Right? But yeah. you're not trying to do his job. No. But you can help. You should know what to look for. Or what if he What if he has this perception of you? Like, oh, I've got him with me today or her with me today. They've been here this long. They don't really know you, but they, they have that oh. this pedigree they think you fit. And then they hmm. stay outside mobile command and send you in. Right. Right. And now it's you and the brand new person. Oh boy, that's a a moment right there because you're going back to even your normal radio procedure of entering all of it. it. Okay, what? uh, uh. So when thinking about that, when you're with your team, know all your positions of your team just in case. Sure. Worst at least case, know the benchmarks. At least, at least, right. And I think a lot of us, including myself, at times have said the same thing somewhere in our career. Yeah. Going into a high rise. Oh, well, yeah. it's the, I don't know. Lobby sector is going to be given to some other. Well, it'll be worked I, out. I won't have to. Hopefully, I won't be second truck in. And, right. Right. <laughs> right. But. Uh, yeah. Okay. Wow. So I'm conscious of our time. Yeah. Um, and uh, I know we wanted to get to, um, and this segues nicely oh. into the, the senior firefighter. What do we hand down? Uh, what are the intangibles? So I think what we would be nice to finish on would be. You brought with you a list of, of things that yeah, you can think about. I can it, read that. them out. We're not going to have to go on tangents on all yeah. of them, but just hearing them. Uh, kind of like I call them, it's labeled on my phone, Brampton Fire, uh, sorry, ethos statements, wise words from senior members, uh, however you want to put that. Wise words from senior members. Right. Uh, the first thing you have to do is care. We right. talked about that. Yeah. Communication is key, and I've learned that now when leading the honor guard and having to text 30 people, find a way through social media and through all the technology we have to yeah. keep everybody in communication with each other. And not what you say, how you say it. <sighs> yeah, right. like, and when you're le- instructing a group. So communication's key. Uh, I think you touched on keeping the bar moving forward in your career. Don't don't go back. If you stop, that's it. And I have a saying here. You're either getting a, better or you're getting worse. Yeah, it's yeah. like about a shark. A shark right. has to keep moving forward to live. If it stops moving forward, it just dies. Right. And so keep your career like a shark. Keep Keep moving forward. Keep learning. Right. Slow is smooth, smooth is fast. That's with everything. Uh, sometimes you see the rookies just rushing through, getting their gear on, or just right. rushing. It's like slow. When we say slow down, we don't mean don't move with purpose, like because there's somebody that is hanging out of a window. What yeah. we mean is slow down because then that'll create it to be fast because you won't have to go back to the truck three yeah. times. Yeah. Forgetting I think tools. I think what we're looking for there is like is is how to how to remove the nervous energy. Yes. The yes. Pa- the, the panic. You'll hear that. You'll that, hear it's the, the panic, the right? Panic. Because we talked about that, that our, our slow is very fast. It's very, <laughs> yes, right? It's true. Because it, it, and if you've trained enough, your slow, what you yes. think is moving slow is actually very, very quick. Yes. 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 Um, expect the absolute, I use this a lot. Expect the absolute worst. It's easier to gear down than to ramp up. Oh, that's huge. Less mistakes. And that's the reason huge. I say is this, I always call medical, when our announcements come in through calm, they say you're going to a medical call. It doesn't matter how much detail they give us. I say to the look over to the rookie and I say, it's a medical surprise. And he goes, what do you mean by that? I go, it's a medical surprise. This person could be hanging. This person could have a gunshot wound. Right. But they just said difficulty breathing. Let me tell you something with experience. <laughs> How many difficulty breathing calls, and I use the, the air BSAs, quotes, yeah. and they turn out being a, an infant. Right. They turn out being a mother hanging in a basement. I go, listen, prepare yourself for the right. worst so that when you get yeah. there, you just gear down. And you know, and sometimes you can feel guilt as quickly. You can feel guilty about that too. I remember, you know, going to a pot in the stove call and, uh, and I'm fully packing up mm-hmm. and I look over at a guy, he's been on, you know, was on almost as long as me and, and, uh, he's just sitting there. He's like, Oh, I'm just going to bring the extinguisher. 
And then I kind of felt like a, you know, you're like you're nerding out a that, bit, like right. But but I'd rather take all my stuff off, right, and then Thank grab you. the extinguisher, right? right, like right. Well, almost because I then I would get into panic mode, so I'm almost doing myself a favor, yeah, right, yeah. of of getting off now. But I, you're you're an asset when somebody meets you at the end of the driveway and says, "Yeah, it's fully ripping." Yeah, and then he says, "I need someone to go in there. Who's the only person dressed and ready?" You, right. But then let, let's let's leave it at that that you're only as fast as your slowest guy. <laughs> as your guy. slowest guy, right? <laughs> so yeah, um, you're still at the door waiting exactly. and tapping your fingers. Yeah, uh, respect your elders. Uh, most have been there and done that. Their their words have wisdom and shortcuts built into them to help you. So it's like a, a senior person talking to a rookie while yeah. they're washing the dishes, and he's telling them words of advice for an auto X. Right. You know, believe the fact that he's telling you for a reason. The little things. The little things. Yeah. Respect authority. I say respect the rank, not the person. We have rank structure for a reason. Yep. Uh, somebody in four gold bars walks in. It doesn't matter what you've heard about them around the table. It doesn't right. matter what stories you know or you may, maybe know them personally and you can't right. stand them. Right. You still respect the rank. And I think, you know what, that's an interesting point too quickly about uh, as senior people, we can set the tone, right? Yes. Because if that, that it, it, we, we could almost flex the muscle of like, oh, hey, chief, and just sit there. And right, right. I still stand. And then and then the, the rookie would be like, oh, why doesn't he stand for that person? Yeah. They'll notice too, right. like kids. Like I don't have my own kids, but kids would notice your right. actions. Going, he doesn't stand for the chief, but he right. stood for the district. Like, right? Why is that? What's up? You're with that? picking and choosing, right? So right. I can pick and choose. Um, right. Teamwork. Be the hardest worker in the room. That just keeps you out of trouble yeah. because everyone. But know you're not the smartest. But know, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Know your job and your boss's job. Some of these we've touched on. Uh, always have a partner, a backup. Do things in twos, two in, two out minimum. And I mm-hmm. say that because leaving a captain in a house talking to a homeowner by himself while everybody's back in the truck. Right. If something were to happen, there's no witness. He doesn't have anybody to say. Nobody was there to witness what that person said to me or how that person punched me. Or right. So always, even sure, sure. just go back in with your captain, having and, each other's backs, so having each other's back. About, it's like you don't know the world today mm-hmm. what they're going to try to do, mm-hmm. right? But I think when it comes to skills, you should be able to do fundamentals by yourself, right? Force oh, a door, yeah. force a door. No, yes. In that rows. sense, go to Charlie's side and do the following, and come back and report what you, you can see. do it by yourself. Come throw on. a ladder. Yes, that's using uh, with um, using your manpower to your, right, yeah. your um. Help where help um help where required, but don't be a know it all. I think you just said that. Right, yeah. <laughs> wow, great minds. Yeah. Uh, practice practice like you work. Mistakes are better made in training rather than in the real world scenarios. For so sure. practicing. Yes, I always say, listen, we're gonna go practice on the tanker. We're all gonna make a mistake right now. Yeah. So let's just get that out of the window. Now we can be calm. Sure. Because there is going to be three or four mistakes. I really don't care. Yeah. I'd, I'd rather it happen. Now. That's leadership right there. Yeah. Once you lose the respect, it's hard to get it back. It takes a lot of work. Ask questions. Don't assume. Be on time. Check your gear always. I'm down to the bottom. Always remember you are living someone's dream. Oh, my God. That's a big one. Think about that one. Like, just ask somebody who's still chasing it. Just ask somebody whose neighbor goes, yeah, I've always wanted to do that career, but, yeah, I got a bum knee, and then I just kind of faded, but I always wanted to do. Right. It's their dream. Yeah. Yeah. And Mark Mark always puts it like, um, uh, remember who you said you would be. (laughs) Nice. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I don't. I think I don't think there can be. I mean, the guys can roll their eyes at, at these inspirational quotes, and yeah, they but can. really, I think we need them as reminders, right? Because it's it's a hard go, right? And and I think you need something to keep it lit. Like yeah. you need to to keep that that passion burning inside of you. So, and as senior guys, that's our job is to keep those things being verbally said, being listened to. Whether it's throwing a video, quick YouTube video up of somebody talking about it, sure, um, just hearing it again oh yeah 
Right. I, I never thought of it that way. Yeah, and even if uh, even if you're in a crew where um, no one else, like I, I I went through a moment where I was disenchanted, right? Where I thought everyone thought the same way about the job. And then you meet certain people, you're like, oh my god, like you you're here like why do you hate this place like this is amazing right, right? so right and then you get kind of disenchanted right because you, you think do. everyone is just on cloud nine but i think then you align yourself with the people that 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 oh. really feel the way you want to feel and then you just follow them right right brother i've always said and where i am now at 20 years in i've said to myself you know it would be so cool to be in a, in an atmosphere of like-minded people on the exact same passion level sure uh, so right now you can say you have a great crew but there's always ones that fall through the cracks on their passion level, their commitment, uh, sure. their seriousness, their tone, what they're giving off every day is always negative. Like that, it's just like, wow, this guy's angry. Yeah. But like, is he purging because he's seen something? Is he got some issues or should we be, you know, but it's just to be on a team where it was all the same would be just like, wow. Yeah. How good would that day be? Right, right. <laughs> and you see it sometimes when you walk into a ship and you're like, he's here, he's here, she's here, right. that person's here, that's our captain. Yeah. This is going to be a glorious day, right? Like, <laughs> And then nothing happens. And then, yeah, of course, that's the jinx. That's the jinx. Yeah, that's right, right, right. <laughs> well, this has been awesome. Oh, no, hey, this is very a first for me. I've had cool, many first this year. Uh, being able to write a, a magazine article for the CFFF and being nice. able to, this podcast is going to go down and a very high benchmark and, cool, and something cool. to be a part of. And thanks for making the trip up. In oh, the no, no worries. Like I said, I could be go in there grumpy, angry, and, and rip a new one off of them. But I said, yeah. as I'm driving, I'm like, this is nothing compared to minus 40 up north. Sure. Uh, and we're not rolling frozen hose right now. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. See, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Which isn't a bad thing. But it's, it's not, let's, but just, let's just be honest. It's not an enjoyable thing. It's not thing. an enjoyable day. Yeah. <laughs> new techniques are learned when right it's frozen. On. Cool. <laughs> All right. We'll safe drive home. All right. Thanks, Scott. Cool. Take care.